I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack, having fun with the world gone crazy. All right, we got some hate mail. We'll tell you about that in just a second. But first, the outage yesterday from AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, and uh, what they said about it. It's all been restored now. Yeah. So, let me read you this. A major cell phone outage affected users across the U.S. early Thursday. It started at 4 a.m. AT&T was the main one. But it did affect uh, T-Mobile and, of course, Verizon. Uh, 32,000 reports happened just at 4.30 a.m., just after the downage happened. Uh, More than 800 service outages were also reported on T-Mobile and Verizon. It was all over the country. Now, AT&T said they resolved the issue. It was not a cyber attack. What it was was some kind of... Here's what they wrote. Our initial review indicates today's outage was caused by the application and execution of an incorrect process. Uh huh. That's vague. Which you know what? Fine. I don't. I don't think it was a cyber attack either. Not that I know anything. I'm not on work there. But it, perhaps it wasn't. They're lying to us. But I don't know. I, don't, I think they would actually tell us that. No, they were trying to cover it up yesterday so hard. It was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. Uh, where they were doing. They're like, oh, but big solar flares. That it's space weather. That's what's doing it. And I'm like, yeah, it's indiscriminately choosing cities and people and carriers and affects nothing else. Well, right? I, I, you know, I, I'd rather go not non-conspiratorial at this point. Because well, it's not conspiratorial. It's just what they were saying on the news and like what you know oh. about science. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. Okay. All right. Calm down, puppy. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, that's what AT&T said. Now, the funny thing to me, the thing I enjoyed the most was listening to the zillions, zillions, because it got to the point where it's uncountable of people that called 911 just to see if it was working. Oh, I thought you were going to say they called 911 to say that their cell phones weren't working. No, no. They called 911 just want to make sure it's working. People who never call, they, the dispatch centers were inundated with stupid people. Just in just, case I need you. Yeah, just in case. I never called before, but I'm just going to make sure. Walking through a bad neighborhood right now, I just want to make sure. Mm. So, yeah, I, I believe these companies have also set up some kind of hotline. This is the number. Let me, uh, okay, let's see what this is. 
Thank you for calling the cell phone outage hotline. To find out if you're experiencing an outage, press 1. Okay. Okay, well, first of all, if you're experiencing an outage, how are you calling this number? Think about it. <laughs> to find out who is experiencing an outage, press 2. There is currently an outage at, but with, and it will be resolved at, if you are going to be in the area that is ex, an outage. Call 526 Four. And if you experience an outage, whatever you do, don't at, with, uh, and it, uh, or you will suffer horrific consequences. <laughs> Thank you for calling the cell phone outage hotline. Wow. <laughs> All right, now, the part that really should scare you. So, at the, this is what's really, I really believe there's some power in the universe that controls everything, or at least oversees it somewhat. You know, I'm not saying an overlord or whatever you believe in is fine. But I think there's something out there because the same time that this was going on, believe it or not, got no coverage. Uh, there was a hearing going on. Senator Marco Rubio was there and a bunch of Democrats as well because this is bipartisan. You mean there was something going on that was distracting you from something else? Yeah, it's really it happens. It's really something. So anyway, Jen Easterly is the director of cybersecurity and infrastructure security agencies here in the United States. Her specialty is uh, watching China for us and cyber attacks coming from that. That country. has to be stressful. This uh, I looked at I me. Mean, her credentials are impeccable. Uh, she's not partisan. She's not Democrat nor Republican. I mean, she may be, but it's not like apparent from what she's saying. This ought to chill you to the bone. Listen to this. We've seen Chinese cyber actors, including those known as Volt Typhoon, burrowing deep into our critical infrastructure to enable destructive attacks in the event of a major crisis or conflict. This is a world where a major crisis halfway across the planet could well endanger the lives of Americans here at home through the disruption of our pipelines, the severing of our telecommunications, the pollution of our water facilities, the crippling of our transportation modes, all to ensure that they can incite societal panic and chaos and to deter our ability to marshal military might and civilian will. Did you hear that? That was so well put together. Military might and civilian will. That's where we lack a lot of because we're so isolated. We've been for so many decades. We don't realize this isn't the real world, you know? So anyway, um, yeah, there's those threats out there. And what I find interesting is how they could do it instantly. Take down our water, uh, all our power. I mean, you know, when there's no power, there is no gas pumps. I mean, the mass panic, because we're not prepared for any of this mentally. Not Forget about, you know, having jugs of, because the first thing I thought of, I got to get jugs of water. Right. Then I remembered, oh, I have a well. Milk. But how am I going to power the well if I don't have any gas? Yeah, I mean, it's it, you can take the civilization apart in days. And she goes on here. Now, the threat is not theoretical. Leveraging information from our government and industry partners, CISA teams have found and eradicated Chinese intrusions in multiple critical infrastructure sectors, including aviation, water, energy, transportation. Now, based on this information, this is likely just the tip of the iceberg. Imagine that you're in the air at 38,000 feet and all of a sudden a cyber attack completely turns off all air traffic control. I mean, the screens Ooh. go dark. And then the transponders on the airplane stop working. I mean, that may be an EMP, but I'm saying if they have the power to do stuff like that, they may have the power to infiltrate an airplane cockpit too. And all of a sudden you're flying blind, right? I mean, it's pretty scary. Okay, so here's my next question. What are we doing about it? 
Oh, I mean, there's there's nothing. Will you stop you asking do. that every day. What? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm asking what the solution you, is to the you problem. My bad. You need to provide me with a pamphlet right yeah, now. Just ask him what this. Are, do we have a plan? No. You need to just stack up on guns and ammo. Because gotcha. if there is an EMP or something like that, it's not necessarily like like Rick says. That's a good point. I mean, what if everything just stops? That's dangerous. But it's the following week after that where things really get bad. Now, I mean, especially if you live in an urban area. Think about it. No cars coming in and out. No food. Look, no I tell you something. Pretty my, soon, people can start robbing their neighbors once the looting stops. My and- cousin works for SWAT, and we were talking about that because we were all stocking up on ammo. Harold went and bought a bunch of ammo. He went and bought a bunch of. I said, "Yeah, we all got to stock up on ammo." He goes, "I got news for you. When the S hits the fan, there's not going to be enough ammo in the world." Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Well, he goes, "I hate to break it to you, but that's just reality." It is because what's what do they say? It's like four weeks, I think. No, not even. Not four weeks. Or four days. The panic will set in in three days. Anyway, so how did this all happen? Greed. The truth is, the Chinese cyber actors have taken advantage of very basic flaws in our technology. We've made it easy on them. Unfortunately, the technology underpinning our critical infrastructure is inherently insecure because of decades of software developers not being held liable for defective technology. That has led to incentives where features and speed to market have been prioritized against security, leaving our nation vulnerable to cyber invasion. Yeah, we got to get this thing out right now. We got to make money right now. We got to do it right now. iPhone 17, get it out right now. Oh, it's got critical security flaws. I ah, forget it. Just put the phone out. I mean, yeah. that, you know, TikTok. That's there's nothing flawed about that. It's a Chinese spy app and we still use it. We are stupid. <laughs> what do we what do we do about it, Jill? Uh, I don't know. Cyber but attack, but I'm making just... you aware maybe there's some people smarter than us or me, I don't know, and can figure that out. I say, would you stop voting for these people first of all? Well, yeah, that's step one, but that doesn't happen till. Right, November, I get you. I mean, cyber so, attack stuff. Like, there, there's an easy way to go around that. Like that, there's an easy fix. Make there that is? stuff. Yeah, don't connect it to the internet. You know how everybody used to do it before the internet happened? Nothing safer than having it disconnected. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to help. You know, because you can't hack something that's not plugged in. I think we're all going to. It's just too late. All of you, you are going <laughs> to die. Pretty much. All right. Um. <laughs> All right, let me let me connect here because I think we have some new mail. Hold on. Oh. You've got hate. All right, read the hate. Uh, why aren't you talking about the star witness in the Biden impeachment investigation being a Russian agent? We did twice yesterday. We're going to do it again right now. Talk about humiliation for you Republicans. You clowns look dumb day in and day out. We're not, oh, Repu- knock it off. We're not Republicans and I don't get humiliated. If I make a mistake and, and it's proven to be a mistake, I will tell you up front, I'll apologize for it. I can't, look, I can't be certain. This whole pile of news here, most of it coming from ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, Fox News. I mean, a good uh, you know, amalgamation of all those, best I can do. Uh, sometimes they lie. I repeat it and that makes me a liar. I'll tell you when that happens. You know, but that's um, why I tend to frequent a lot of uh, British sites. We'll go to the Sun or Sky News or I, something like that because they got no skin in the game. I go to all three of those: Sky News, Sun, and uh, and BBC, and uh, that's the best you can do. So uh, get off your high horse. Anything else? That's it. That was okay. Fine. So um, and again, another thing. I'm just I'm just displaying my humility here. Come on, enjoy. <laughs> because if somebody can explain something better than I can, go for it. Jesse Waters is real good at explaining stuff. This informant filled out a 1023 form. He was an FBI informant, uh, agent, actually, and he lied. 
Fine. I mean, out of all the people involved in the investigation of Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Jim Biden and all the corruption, one guy lies, does not void out the rest of the investigation. What did he Um, lie about, though? uh, He lied about uh, the $5 million that allegedly the Ukraine's Burisma gave Hunter and Biden and Joe Biden $5 million apiece. Don't we have bank records? No, we have bank records of all the LLCs, all the transactions from other countries, uh, as small as Romania, and uh, that still sta- all that stuff stands. Plus, I played the recording yesterday of even if we just want to get him for what we got Trump for into an impeachment was quid pro quo, we have the recording of Biden doing the same exact thing. So did they just squeeze this guy to get him to, to try oh, to lose, I- make the impeachment seem, like discredit the whole thing? I, I, I can't answer that. That's a great. That's a great uh, speculation. There, it really, it's p- mm. quite possible these days. However, he could just be a guy who hated Biden. Something happened in the past he didn't like, and he took it out on him and made up a story. I don't know. But Jesse Waters explains the rest of it. Now, this time, instead of making up hoaxes to get Trump impeached, they're making them up to stop Biden from getting impeached, and are now claiming that this single FBI informant was the entire foundation of the Biden family corruption scandal. The allegations seem to be the only evidence we have. What they're calling a prong of the investigation looks to be the entire foundation, and that entire foundation now may may have been chopped away. Entire foundation? Only evidence we have? The Biden bribery scandal's four and a half years old. And its foundation was based upon eyewitness testimony like Tody Bubulinski. Hard evidence like bank records, laptops, photos of meetings, voicemails, visitor logs from the White House. Emails, texts, checks, hours of depositions, and at least two missing diamonds. We didn't find out about this <laughs> FBI informant until just last summer, when Comer's investigation was well underway. The informant's allegations were very similar to allegations made by Tony Bobulinski, a decorated naval officer who the FBI coincidentally has never followed up with. The informant even used the phrase, the big guy, before the laptop even went public. I guess the sources were pretty good. So now they're trying to tie the laptop into this whole thing. Is that, well, then the laptop is fake, like we said in the beginning. That's not, the, that's not true. That's not true. And, and then again, anything I say, anything anybody else says, we don't know if it's true. I mean, I'm only basing it on the sources I can, you know, access. And uh, there's a bunch of them. I don't go to one side. We all go to different sides. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, can they collude together to tell you a lie? Absolutely, they can do that. Well, the thing that's getting me is they're like, oh, this is the only thing. I'm like... But it's not. Like, we have all this evidence. You got one guy that you think lied, and maybe he did. That doesn't discredit all the stuff that came yeah. before and right. after him. Exactly. Now, there's people out there that don't want you to know the truth so much that they just want you to shut the hell up. MSNBC's Claire McCaskill is one of them, former senator. She's now, uh, uh, you know, talking, you know, talking points mouth at MSNBC. Claire McCaskill says that um, she's angry that people in the media, like New York Times, which, by the way, they were bedfellows. I mean, New York Times and Democrats and liberals, that was like their, they, not only Besties. did they, yeah, they read every word on it, and then they wrapped their fish and read it again. So here they are, she's saying, they should not fact check, nobody should fact check Joe Biden. Isn't the country learned? You wouldn't ever give this guy power again, would you? Tell us that he's not going to be reelected. Please tell us that you've learned your lesson. So the only blemish on the great country of America worldwide is, in fact, Donald Trump. And can I make a suggestion? 
I move that every newspaper in America quits doing any fact checks on Joe Biden until they fact check Donald Trump every morning on the front page. All right, so I looked that up. I said, how many times is Biden fact checked compared to Trump? Right, I was going to say. For every 268 times they fact check Joe Biden, uh, Trump gets fact checked 1,002 times. Are you kidding me? No, I thought no, it was going to be like one to five. No, nah, no, nah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 bad though. It is ridiculous that the New York Times fact checked Joe Biden on something. Did you do your fact check? Did you get shot by fact checking? He vomits lies. Trump vomits lies. And he, every day, over and over and over again. And it's just ridiculous that the New York Times is doing a fact check on, on Biden while they let Trump, like, while they're numb to the torrent of lies coming out of Trump's mouth. You know what's amazing is that some people actually think this news, we're not news, but they're supposed to be news, and they're not. there's not even like a hint of news there that's just whining. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's go over to somebody else on MSNBC. This is uh, Bill Ackerman on with Stephanie Rule. Okay. And Stephanie Rule thinks... Uh, again, just like her, that everyone should just shut up, especially the rich people like Elon Musk, who at one time was the darling of the liberals because of the, you know, the gasless the car. car. Yeah, he was the he was the man. All of a sudden, he's the evil enemy because he won't he won't lockstep with us. Yeah, he won't censor people. How dare you? So Stephanie Rule says these people should not be allowed to speak freely. Whether it's Bill Ackman or Elon Musk, why is it that they can stand up and weigh in on anything with no consequences? Uh, First Amendment. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right, man. Not How dare answer. they? We're the only ones allowed to say something, anything at all. Jamie Dimon can't. Yeah, oh, stop well, it right there. He sure can. He just came out last week and talked about how the economy is going to go in the ESSER, mm. you know? Uh, so your rule there, uh, you're wrong, Stephanie. Well, they don't run public companies. They, they don't well, run public well, companies. Well, excuse me. Um, Tesla, Elon Musk does. I guess he's well, in a special category. He, he's in a special category. Bill Ackman is, uh, you know, independently wealthy with, you know, he's got a, a board at one of his public companies, but basically he runs a hedge fund where he's not accountable to anybody but his investors. And he returns, you know, nice high rates of return for those investors. And, you know, they don't seem to mind that he goes off uh, on Claudine Gay or Sally Kornbluth at MIT. You mean the two anti-Semites? Yeah, he shouldn't talk about them. We need to keep that quiet because we hate the Jews too. Oh, did I just say that? Unbelievable. Dude. <laughs> so bad. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh. Get them all, lock them up, lock them up, get them all, get them all, lock them up, perverts. Criminals, lock them up, lock them up, criminals, lock them up, get them all, perverts. How many times are they going to arrest this guy? You know, he. we read about this guy, what, twice before? Mm-hmm. Registered sex offender, Osceola County, known for impersonating law enforcement, was arrested again yesterday, according to the court records. Jeremy Dwight, 44, was arrested in Osceola, according to the court records. Dwight made headlines in 2019 after he impersonated an officer while directing traffic for a funeral procession. Okay. <laughs> I mean, is that something that you get excited about? It's like, you know, I want to be- I mean, the- that's not really a, a, a victim- no, but kind I want, of. you can't impersonate an officer. No, I know you can't, but what else did he do other than that? I, I want to hear all the you other stuff. a sex offender? Uh, no, I mean, see. what did he do to get well, labeled as a sex uh, offender? During that incident, the uh, 
funeral procession in procession incident. Uh, investigators said he reached for his gun oh. uh, during a fight that ensued. DeWitt yelled at the deputy, too, you cannot drive in and out of my funeral. <laughs> so the deputy get Yelling at a real cop? Yeah. According to DeWitt, he was not impersonating a law enforcement officer, but instead offering a safety service. I'm just offering, I'm just, I'm pulling over speeders, I'm stopping crooks, I'm just offering personal safety service. Okay, get back to the sexual offense though, what did he do? Okay, he was arrested twice more after that incident, once in 2021 when deputies spotted DeWitt armed and dressed as an officer again in 2022 on charges in both Orange and Osceola County, and then DeWitt convicted sexual battery on a person 12 years to 15 years old in 2005. Oh, God. Thursday's uh, arrest court records show that DeWitt faces a charge of failing to report a change in vehicle ownership under the state's sex offender status, because I guess when you get another white van with rust holes, you have to tell them. I don't understand if you sexually assault a minor, because that's said between 12 and 15, why are you allowed to walk the streets? Why know. is that allowed? I don't know. Because we got a lot of pedophiles. Because you think that if you let them out, they're not going to do it again? We probably have a lot of pedophiles in office. Yeah, apparently having to tell your neighbors, be like, hi, I'm a pervert. I just moved in next door. That's not enough of a deterrent. And- how about the, uh, there was another cop the other day. 12, uh, what was it? How many images on his computer at home? Oh, yeah, 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 a bunch. Yeah, I mean, it's just like every day, what's going on here? Dude. Okay, this guy's, just this video, this is uh, happened in 2021. This guy's an Amazon driver. He was driving his truck, and you could see he's very conscientious about driving because there's a camera on the mirror. So you could see his face Mm -hmm. and him turning, looking. Somehow, I don't know how it happens, so I don't know how conscientious, maybe he's just, I don't know. Train's going 80 miles an hour, an Amtrak train, down Mm -hmm. the tracks, and he just sees it at the last second, puts on the gas, and barely by a hair makes it through the track. But not soon enough, the train slices off everything in the back of his of the truck right up to his seat. Holy! Dude. I, now there's no audio to it, but uh, the Amazon delivery truck was torn in half by the passing train. You don't yes. get yeah, any man. closer yes, to yes. meeting your maker than that. Holy. Now, there's a lot of people focusing on his reaction, saying, yeah. well, now I have some explaining to do at work. I'm looking at this a little differently. Oh, same. I'm saying uh, many prayers to whoever you think is above for, for giving you another day in your life after this month. He, he did not at all, obviously, pay attention to, to the train coming. But this video is shocking there. Absolutely shocking. This happened in Wisconsin near Milwaukee, and his name is Alexander Evans. He's driving his truck. You can see on the dash cam video. I mean, he's just like calm, just hanging out. I mean, the train literally, I'm not joking when I say he could have reached behind his head and touched it. It came that close to slicing him into little pieces. Angel on your shoulder. Now, the reason the story came up yesterday is yesterday they finally released the uh, dash cam video, and they released the audio of him two days after the crash happened. A local news station spoke to him. What did you hear and feel when that train hit your truck? This air and the pressure. Uh, I felt the airbags and it was just, I, I didn't know what to feel, to be honest with you. <laughs> when all of us looked at that video in the aftermath, the photographs, we just couldn't believe you survived. All right, I still can't believe right now myself as well. So this will be an extra special Thanksgiving. Oh, beyond thanks. Wow. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you go, okay, I have 
there's a reason I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's you, I, you, I can't do it justice. You have to see the video. The train literally is rubbing up 80 miles an hour on his back seat, Dude, on, on his own seat. Insane. That's insane. I mean, your breakfast got to taste so good. The next day, just, oh my gosh, you taste everything. Every airbag in the van went off. Every single one. Side, oh front. Gosh. Yeah. Um, and his glasses, they couldn't find them. <laughs> Finally, uh, President Biden, this was a big cover-up. See, they li- if, they, if they lie about the White House dog, what else are they lying about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we thought it was like six, maybe seven Secret Service agents bitten. Well, no, it was 24. Commander the dog... Uh, commanded his teeth into the wrists and arms of Secret Service agents. 24 of them, eight of them, ended up in the hospital. There was blood on the floor of the East Wing from one of the attacks. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it, it's insane. How many times has that dog bitten the Bidens? I would, refer, I, would, uh, I would refer you to the Secret Service and also the First Lady's office. Okay. Uh, it's the 12th known incident of this dog biting a White House staffer. Yeah, this is an older audio, but I love the way, uh, you she know. She tries to answer. She well, doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't. She's like, um, ask somebody else who's not going to answer. Ask yeah. a different person who also won't answer. Call, call, the, <laughs> call the groomer. A lot of times when that happens, there's a lawsuit. Isn't the president worried about getting sued? I would refer you to the Secret Service or the First Lady's office. <laughs> I would refer you to. You know, okay. it's gotten to the point now where she comes on, I start laughing. It's just well, like. Her whole purpose of being is to answer questions. And every time you ask her a question, she refers you to somebody else that's not there. Yeah. This is all about a dog. It's attacked 20. Finally, they removed him from the White House. He's so at where's the, he going? He went to the vacation home to bite people. Oh, okay. Yeah. America needs a leader who'll guard our nation against all threats. And that leader's name is Biden. No, not Joe. America needs Commander Biden. (laughs) Commander Biden is the German shepherd who will shepherd this country through these tumultuous times. Commander Biden will take a bite out of inflation. (laughs) Commander Biden will secure our border by marking our territory. Commander Biden is a good boy who won't hump Vladimir Putin's leg. (laughs) And unlike other candidates, he won't tear this country apart like the arm of the sofa. (laughs) And all Commander Biden asks in return are treats and belly rubs. (laughs) This November, cast your ballot for the candidate dedicated to the dogged pursuit of freedom, justice, and the occasional car. Commander Biden. Follow the Rick Stacy Morning Show on Instagram at the Rick Stacy Morning Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Rick Stacy Morning Show with Carolyn Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. So crazy. It's brought to you by All Electric Services. So, in San Francisco, if you want to go to the store, run some errands, apparently you need an escort now. Did you hear about this? This is so annoying. Why anybody would go in a store that has this. Well, Richard, there's, a, there's a reason behind it. I know. Fredrickson's Hardware and Paint in the city's Cow Hallow neighborhood has put up a sign announcing that during certain hours they will be taking customers only one at a time to curb all of the thefts that they have. So you will no longer be allowed to go in and roam around and shop without being escorted by an employee because they're trying to stop all of the rampant shoplifting. Why would you... Why... Why would you continue to live there? Right! Why? Close, what, close what is, your shop, pick up, move somewhere else, and start over. You know, it's it's insane. Here's the sign. Attention shoppers, due to the rampant shoplifting, Fredrickson has introduced a one-on-one shopping experience. Wait here, and a clerk will be right <laughs> with you to experience. help you with all of your shopping needs. We're sorry for the inconvenience. And it's only here's the here's. Could the, you imagine that somebody has to follow you around? Like, what are you looking at? What are you, what are you, what are you this? You're looking at this. Here's what's strange. It's not all day. So the new rules are in effect for two hours in the morning and two hours in the evening. They have a table that blocks the entrance to keep thieves from entering the store like they can't climb over the table. What country do we live in now? You go to Mexico, it's not this bad. Remember when in Mexico, you couldn't, you had to watch behind your back all the time. Well, here's what I want to know. My question is, whenever you see these crazy videos of groups of people running into stores and they don't just like pick something up. They're violent. They grab it and they knock the thing over and they bash things around. It's just excessive. It's an anger thing. But even if the store has a security guard or employees, they all just stand around and watch. Nobody does anything. So is this one employee that's going to escort you? What if you do try to rob? What are they going to do? So what? I don't know the supervised shopping though. It's just like they so just very, follow you around the store. Yeah, it's very strange. Yes. You used to have to do that during COVID at Best Buy. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't go. I went once, and I, I was like, Did you have to give them your list, and then they walk with you to get? Yeah, what I was you like, need? Hurry up! We got a line a mile long. Hurry! Go. Why are you following me? You're gonna catch COVID. <laughs> hurry up and buy. I'm just trying to shop. I just. Hurry up and buy. Okay, hang on. Just... <laughs> <laughs> hurry up and buy. You know. It's like uh, California, same thing. Um, there's this lady by the name of, she's Democrat Representative Barbara Lee. She wants to raise the minimum wage to 50 bucks. And 50 bucks? Yeah, an, an hour. Where does so, she live? So Lawyers she, make 50 in San, bucks. in San Francisco. So she's uh, she's talking about, you know, if somebody's making $100,000 per year, uh, they're broke. They're they're living, you know, and I believe that. Well, but stop at the same taking time, so much tax to solve problems that you don't solve. But at the same time, it's the same concept. I know it's a tough concept to to to. You know, why don't you move? Mm-hmm. You can go to another. St- it's a free. Still today, it's a free country. You don't have to apply to move out of the state. You ready for this? What? I saw something yesterday. Smoke's gonna go crazy over this, since you were talking about taxes and the taken in California. 
it was a video Officer Tatum who we love if you don't follow Officer Tatum on Instagram you should he's very interesting so he was breaking down if you make it was an individual that makes 1.3 million dollars in California then it broke down all of the taxes from Social Security to Medicaid property tax to everything by the time they got done their income at the end of it what they received that year after everything was taken out was $700,000. They That's lost actually, almost half of their yeah. salary to taxes. It's here. We're doing it. It's Hurry crazy. up and buy. Half my check's gone every week now. It gets higher and higher all the time. And you Hurry add, up and buy. And when you add the property taxes and all that, I see I'm like smoke with the taxes mm-hmm. with the property tax thing because mm-hmm. that's totally unconstitutional. Because yeah, it's like you already bought the thing and you still have to somehow pay for it yeah. so they don't throw you in jail. I have to have to pay a use tax to you. I don't have children in school. Why am I paying for that? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you really break it down, it's it's robbery. Like well, if I went up to you and I said, "Give me half of your paycheck, or I'm going to lock you in a small box for the rest of your life." That's what that's uh, what you would mo- go to jail if you were a person, but because you're the government, it's somehow okay. It's or it goes to people dude, on the roads. No, it doesn't. It's protection money. It's just like the mob. It's no different. Remember when the internet you give me a cut and I make sure yeah. that nothing happens. To exactly. I'll listen to your phone calls in order to do it, but I'll keep you safe. I remember up in DeBarry, they had this internet. Um, it was in a strip mall. It was just mm-hmm. an internet gambling hall. Old people would go there. I'm talking like really like barely nursing home. 70, 80 would go there and enjoy themselves like they never have all day. And then they raided it like I was a drug den full of, you know, cartel people. Mm-hmm. Raided it. These old people, we can't, we can't have you here. This is immoral. And then city leaders were going, yeah, you know, if you let these internet casinos continue to operate, we'll have, next thing we'll know, we'll have hookers and and drugs. And of But course, as soon as they were able to take a cut of it, it was fine. Now there's the biggest, one of the biggest card rooms in the world is in Orange City. Yeah. Right across from where the internet... Casino used to be. Yeah. And like, I don't have a problem paying taxes. You know, like, if I'm giving that money in exchange for protection, you kind of have to protect me, not just leave the border open and let mm. people stroll in, terrorist or not. Right. Like, n- since you're not doing the protection part, here's the thing you don't get the money part. <laughs> See how that works? Like, if yeah. I'm not being protected, you shouldn't have the money. Yeah, like, if I just stopped coming to work altogether, you think I'd still get paid? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? No. Well, apparently you can't. You just need to crawl. You crawl in through a window. Okay. You know, cross the border through a window. Yep. And then you'll get paid. And then I'm good. Yeah. And okay. I don't really have to do anything either. Nah, you don't do anything. All right. You guys ready to hear about this house of horrors? Okay. This wait. is insane. I read about this this morning and I thought, holy cow. Can I play the intro here? Cow. so much money. It's not stupid. Never boring. I was trying to give you time to restart it since you had the volume down, even though I said make sure the volume's up and the volume's down. Whatever. Ready for this? Yeah. Can you do it in a Robert Stack voice? Uh, I'm not. Rick can repeat after me if you want him to. (laughs) I can repeat after her if I want to. There's a rabbi Mm -hmm. that has pleaded guilty to lesser charges in return for a lax sentence of community service and cash compensation to his victims. Why? He's been charged. Aaron Ramadi has been charged with enslavement, minor assault, and obstruction of justice, among other charges, by holding people in conditions to slavery. Ready? What, you want to hear what I mean about Wait this? Wait a minute. Who does this thing, guy think he is? R. Kelly? No, this is a this is a rabbi. I so know. here's a rabbi that started gathering women around 2008. 
Here's what he would do. He would present himself as an enlightened religious leader who knew the true path to salvation. Ah, we've never heard this one before. He invited the women to live in his home where they lived under really gross conditions. Actually, it was a bunch of mattresses shoved across uh, several rooms. He actually had to buy the house next door because he got so many women... I don't know how you convince this many women, but he would convince this many women to move in with him. Up to 30 women were uh, living what, within this house. Wait a minute. What's his name? I want to see how he looks. And sometimes as many as 50 along with the children that live there. His name is- Rabbi Shlumi Botich? No. No? Aaron, A-H-A-R-O-N. Aaron? A-H-A-R-O-N. Like A-A-R-O-N. Okay. A-A-R-O-N. Feldman? No. Oh. Ramadi. R-A-M-A-T-I. What do you mean close? Okay, so can I go on? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This guy? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Ugh. So he would charge the women about $220 per month for a bed or $170 per month to share a mattress with another resident. While you at the house, the women attended daily lessons where he would show them religious teachings, okay? Uh-huh. Um after this was investigated, I guess they interviewed some of the women, and they said that he filled a personal void for them uh, of having to make any kind of decisions or any kind of responsibility. He would make all their decisions for them, okay? So he would give them some pay, and they would do little oh, work around the house, okay? Wait, you should see the pictures of these rooms. I know. I, I this is like out of Lord, it. Yeah. And what he's Isn't charging, like, couldn't you stay in an ex- extended stay hotel or something for that price? But then you have to make your own decisions and do your own thing. So he... Let me, let me continue, because it gets worse. Uh, to control the women... He would frighten them by telling them that they would face horrific harm at the hands of otherworldly forces if they disobeyed him in any way, shape, or form. He would isolate them from their families and turn them against one another to police each other. So, hey, tattletale on this one if they do anything wrong. So that's how he kept order within the yeah, house. He had his own little commie house. One of the Marxism. One of the common punishments in the house was forcing the women to burn their fingers in a fire to simulate hell or make them eat hot peppers. What? Holy crap. Now, apparently, this, these rumors have surrounded this specific rabbi for a while. Yeah. Uh, he was arrested first in 2015, but he was released because several members of his group mm-hmm. testipa- testified on his behalf, again, because they were too scared to go against him. So he gets this cushy deal of just nine months of community service. How the- okay. He enslaved 30 women and abused them. He got just nine months of community service and $34,000 in damages Wow. Owed to the victims. If you compare like, this to the priests that do stuff like that, uh, right. they just get moved to another parish. So he actually uh, got punished. But the other thing is, the reason he got such a light sentence is because they went to the women uh-huh. and said testify against him, and they wouldn't do it because they were too traumatized to face uh-huh. him. So they were like, "Well, we don't have the women aren't going to testify. Then we only have this much to go on." Oh, dude. So what? that's why he took it. He said, "Okay, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll plead guilty." So he only got community service and some compensation to the victims. That's all he had to do. What kind of pathetic self-image do you have of yourself? To allow yourself to be, I understand it's easy to say that, Stockholm right? But you have syndrome. to understand people that are so severely abused. You think that's what it is? And they're too terrified to come forward. Oh, I mean, you mean in 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 that instance? But I'm saying, were they abused before, or was it? How do you? Well, enter obviously, into this? they had very low self-esteem. Yeah, and insecurities, and maybe something else was wrong to allow yourself to go into a house I and mean, say, "Yeah, you're going to make all my decisions for it." But yeah. we hear about it all the time. There's cults everywhere. If you're too everywhere. afraid to do it yourself, and like you could spend that same money living somewhere, it's not like he was giving you a deal. It's the only place you could afford. Look at David Koresh. How many people turned their children over to him, and we're like, "Yeah, my nine-year-old daughter can be your wife." Sure. Oh, How God. much for the little girl? To win again for more bad people doing crime things with Jill Bucko. 
Wow. That's that's just mind-boggling. Here's something that's a little nuts. Not on that level, but uh, we'll laugh at this together. A New York City restaurant is getting a lot of heat uh, because it just recently opened, and there's a lot of rules, 10 to be exact, if you want to dine in this restaurant. Um, there's a list when you walk in, and it says ways to get 86, ways to get canceled. What are you doing? Nothing. Go ahead. Ways to get canceled if you come into this restaurant. <clears throat> Number one. If you don't call or show up for your reservation, like if you don't show up for mm-hmm. the reservation or mm-hmm. then you don't call and say you're not going to come, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, taking photos inside the restaurant, including bathroom selfies. What are you, following me into the bathroom? What? Not that I'm condoning bathroom selfies, but... Well, yeah, what, 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 what do you care? You, yeah, you can't take photos of my food inside my restaurant. You can't take selfies of yourself. Okay. Uh, being rude or inappropriate to our team. I, I understand that one. That one makes sense. Stealing or vandalizing the restaurant, that one makes sense. Touching the memorabilia or, ready for this, thinking about touching the memorabilia. I'm going to police your thoughts. Yeah. How do they figure that one? Hey, he's staring at the guitar too long. Hey, buddy. What are you thinking about? Get over here. Lying about it being your birthday. (gasps) Canceling a reservation more than thrice times. Now, before we serve you the cupcake, let me see your ID. Right. (laughs) Becoming dangerously intoxicated. Well, I mean, that should be a rule for any time you go out. Requesting a free meal. I mean, you can ask, but they don't have to give it to you. And kissing the chef without her consent. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, that again, one. should be for everyone. Well, that's a strange one. Uh, this, these rules are strictly enforced by having people cover their cell phone camera with a sticker when they come in. So that's to enforce the picture why thing. They you? hand you a sticker. What a kook. Why, why would you even go to this restaurant? Now, oh, you can thing. kiss the chef if you pay $1,000. It's listed on the menu. Kiss the chef. You pay $1,000 and you can kiss the chef. I mean, we could probably make money doing that. Here, is that smooch that, the DJ for a grand? Is that prostitution? No, it's on the cheek. What does that matter? Yeah, I mean, you're still selling your, your body. body. Yeah, prostitution. He's selling prostitution. So there you go. That's wow. that restaurant. I don't know why anybody would ever go into that restaurant <clears throat> at all. Um, and finally... Yeah, how did it go last night? I was so eager to find out. Jill yeah. went to a book club. A book club. What, so, are you, what are you reading? Is this the Oprah one? No. So this is hilarious because all my friends don't know that I don't read. So they were like, what are you doing tonight? Because one of my friends was in the neighborhood. I said, oh, I'm headed to a uh, dinner and then a book club meeting with my mom. And in all caps, she writes, but you don't read. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. I'm, I'm going more or less. My mother loves to read and she loves mysteries. And, you know, she's 77 and, and her friend that she was supposed to go with had a family emergency and couldn't go. And my mom's been looking forward to this all month. She seems like a big Danielle Steele fan. She's a, uh, she named the author. I don't even remember who it is if that tells you how much I was paying attention. But listen, so I said, I'll go with you, mom. I don't want you to go by yourself. I'll go with you. She's like, really? I said, yeah. She's like, okay, we'll go to dinner first and then we'll go. It was at the library. So we go in, which, by the way, you in a library. Wow! I couldn't, is it the Orange County or is it the Baldwin Park? It was library. the Winter Park Library. Oh, the Winter Park. Ooh, one. Oh, they serve all tours there. It's no, no. Five. Listen, the parking lot was bumping. I had to drive around like twenty different. I couldn't find a parking spot, and I said, "Is the library this popular on a Thursday?" Oh, no, Winter Park doesn't have a lot of bars. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's right across the street from all the bars. It's right behind like Sixty Vines and well, Bula you get drunk, and Trader Joe's. You want to go Joe's. see some porn? You go to the library. Uh, Bula and Sixty Vines aren't bars. Those are wine places. Yeah, they are wine places. Very but well to do. I gotta tell you, packed, line out the door, all of them. Wow. And so. We go into the library and we go in this little conference room and it's what I expected. I thought there was going to be 20 to 30 people. There was maybe nine people and then a couple people on Zoom uh, that couldn't make it there. So we go and we sit down and the girl that works at the library is the sweetest thing. And 
It's a bunch of older ladies, right? So yeah. I, I expected it to be. Right, right. So they're going through, and no, you don't have to read the same book. They give you a list, and then Ooh. everyone picks whatever book they want to read, and you have 30 days to read it. It's once a month thing. Who is that hussy? In, well, how do you discuss it if everyone's reading different stuff? You discuss your own book. So they'll go, what did you read? And you go, I read such and such by so-and-so, and you kind of describe the book, because other people will go, oh, that sounds like something I'd like. Can Let I me go put that on, down on my list. Can I go with you and make up my book again? When I did in high school, I got an A-. minus. <laughs> oh, yeah, you your to. fake book report? Warren Henderson, No Escape. Yeah. Go Warren for it. Warren Henderson. I mean, honestly, when you listed the title. It sounds legitimate. Oh, I got an A minus. <laughs> so, I did. When we leave, mm-hmm. they're like, because you go around the room and then they're like, well, what did you read, Jill? And I said, I'm more here for observation <laughs> as a companion to her. Uh, and I so read the Spider Man comic that my husband has by the toilet. It was and, really good. And they were like, oh, well, well, that's really good. And I said, but you know what? I'll, I'll commit to one month. I'll, I'll, the list comes out today for next month. I'll pick a book. I'll read it and I'll come back next month. Oh my God. Because I actually enjoyed it. We left and my mom was like, did you hate that? Are you okay? And I'm like, no, I actually enjoyed it. She's like, really? And I said, yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. And, um, she's like, seriously? She thought I was lying. She thought I was just well, like I think you're being lying sarcastic. Too, but that's okay. And I said, look, it's not my favorite thing in the whole world, but it was something different that I'd never done. And I thought it was interesting. I was actually paying attention. Yeah. So here I got yelled at. So you get yelled at? So I didn't know the rules of book club. It's like fight club. So you go in and when you tell your book, you're not supposed to tell the ending in case somebody else wants to read the oh, book. Right. Oh, right. So my mother and this other lady read the book. And on the way to the book club, my mom's like, I already forgot who did it. So I'm giggling at her, right? So we go in and this lady's like, I read blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, who wound up being the killer? Because my mom forgot. My mom's like, shh. And they're all like, shh. And I'm like, what? They're like, you can't tell the ending. Don't spoil it in case someone else wants to read it. I said, well, nobody told me the rules of book club. Tell me the rules of book club. And they all started laughing. And the librarian was like, you're the funniest thing. And they were all giggling. So yeah. so whatever happens in book club stays in book stays club. Stays in book club. Yeah. There's very strict <clears throat> rules. But I think what I'm going to do, this next month's theme is um, from page to screen. So it's books that were made into movies. And I was like, Joking, but you know, these people are all serious about reading. I'm like, sweet, so I just have to watch the movie and then come in and talk about it. I'm just trying to make jokes. It's not the place to make jokes. I learned that very quickly. But it, uh, I'm going to try to do it next month. But I think what's going to wind up happening, I'll commit to it for what is now for, for March. Uh-huh. But then I might just wind up opening my own book club because my favorite part about book club was going to dinner and drinking wine prior to it. Gotcha. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Jill's book club. I love to read. In fact, I just read something amazing on the way over. It was a sign that said, total wine and spirits. And below that, it said, open. <laughs> Woohoo! Don't mind if I do. Okay, so the book you old hags made me read was A Tale of Two Cities by, uh, I don't know, Charles Shakespeare or some dead guy. <laughs> Okay, so the book starts out, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Uh, yeah, so make up your mind, Shakespeare. And so, like, yeah, that's as far as I got. I'd recommend only reading up to the best of times part, because, like, who doesn't love a happy ending? Anyway, I never got to the part about the tale of the two cities, but my guess is it's about Tampa St. Pete. (laughs) Okay, so that closes the chapter on Jill's Book Club. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going back to my favorite bookstore, Total Wine and Spirits, to read their newest selection called Barefoot Pinot Grigio Buy One Get One Free Sale. (laughs) 
I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. Okie dokie. Where is... There we go. All right. Um, <clears throat> not a Republican. I used to be a Republican. I'm still conservative, but I'm not a Republican. Just to get that straight so I don't keep getting these emails like we got from that jerk this morning, you know. Oh, you Republicans, what you think? No, you're a MAGA bootlicker. I've checked the comments. I may be a MAGA bootlicker at some point. Some things I am, some things I'm not. I don't agree with everything any... I don't agree with everything anybody says. Is Everybody's got differences. Anyway, look. The point being here is that... Um, I watch Republicans. They're like the dumb dog in the pet store, you know? It's like, oh, it's the one you love because they're so cute because they're so dumb. You know, it's dopey. You know, you pet him and he's dopey and he's salivating all over the place and he's just dopey looking. That's what Republicans are. Dopey little puppies. It's four years later, but I found the evidence. <laughs> it's grown adults pretending to be leaders and they have no clue when the trap's coming. The trap is coming. It's coming at you. It's a huge bear trap. It's been bedazzled. You can see it. It's got lights. It's coming at you. It says, I'm going to eat you. And they just put their arm right in that trap. And I said this earlier. I said it two weeks ago when this whole border bill thing came out. Remember, we have a crisis at the border that wasn't top of America, America's mind. It was always the economy and inflation. But since the news finally had to be dealt with and the major networks who were hiding this from everybody, because they do do that, and 50% of the population in this country only watches mainstream corrupt media. So they didn't know there was a crisis at the border, but it got too big. It just got too obvious and too big. And every once in a while, even staunch liberals have to go by and see on somebody else's computer a story about, look, what's going on at the border. So it's pretty much well known now. People are pissed off, rightfully so. And also Governor Abbott helped by sending, you know, buses of migrants to New York. I mean, to Chicago and DeSantis to New York and all that. So it's the top concern for people now in this election cycle. So all of a sudden, Biden looks really bad because if, all, if you look at all the scores of things that he's negative on, the border is the biggest. It's like 63% don't think he's doing a good job at the border. Well, I he's like, not. I like to know who the other 37% is, but that's for it's another day. wonderful. Th those are the people that think Utah is his own country and they're not sure when the United States was made. So know, 600 BC? So here's what I said was going to happen, and it's happened. They're going to put the, this whole border bill thing was not about a border bill. It was about giving money to Ukraine, Israel, and uh, for Gaza, for, you know, humanitarian aid. <laughs> right. And, uh, and that's what it was about. They threw this little border portion of it in so the Republicans would be sedated and, oh, that's nice. You know, and it was to appear like it was going to do something at the border. It doesn't do much. But there's a thousand publications out there from AP to Reuters to Time magazine saying, no, the border bill never said anything about letting 5,000 in a, a day. No, it did not say that. But it did say that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. What it was was an average, a rolling average of people daily coming in. If it exceeded 5,000 in one day, they would close the border. If it exceeded 8,500 in a week, they would close the border. You got to read it. It's not good reading, but if you're really in doubt, go read it. So the media is lying to you, but they're using semantics. They're, they're kind of like sidestepping the facts a little, just pushing this over to this side and this side. And all of a sudden the story comes out. This whole thing about the border letting 5,000 people in under this new bill is malarkey. It was a ruse. The bill was good. No, it wasn't. 
So, but the thing was, it wasn't about the bill. So the Republicans go along with the bill, right? Then all of a sudden, the board is closed and Biden gets to say nine months out from an election, look, we did it, mm-hmm. bipartisan, I did it. I'm someone who brings people together, together. And he does it. And then all of a sudden he gets reelected. Now the Republicans go against the bill, which is what they did. Not all Republicans, there were some puss cakes out there, but they go against the bill. Look, you see, we gave them a solution to the border. They didn't take it. So the only people to blame now for the border is the Republicans. And then, of course, unlike the Republicans, Democrats have the system. Every morning, this is not made up. They get their talking points in the media from the White House. It literally is a press release that says, here are today's talking points. And they follow like little puppy dogs and do exactly what the White House says. Because Democrats in the media, which is 92% of all media is Democrats, you know, want access. They want to be at the cocktail party where the important kids are. Mm -hmm. And they want to be there and be one of the cool kids. So, of course, they're going to carry their water. And that's what they did. Listen to this as they walk and get spanked. Republicans get spanked because they walked right into the trap. We're going to begin, Robin, at the White House, where President Biden is considering executive action on the border to stem the flow of migrants after congressional Republicans killed a bipartisan compromise on border security. Chief White House correspondent Mary Bruce starts us off. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, George. Well, I'm told this morning President Biden is considering possibly taking executive action to impose tough new asylum restrictions, including possibly barring migrants from seeking asylum if they cross illegally. Okay, now before this goes on, I want you to know that Biden is considering executive action, which should tell you if you have any kind of critical thinking ability is, well... You mean for the last three years that he said he doesn't have the power to do anything now? He's had it all along. Now he can do stuff? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you go on with that. Between U.S. ports of entry. Now, I'm told the president is considering a wide range of options here. No final decisions have been made. But this does come, of course, after Republicans on the Hill under pressure. From Donald Trump tanked a bipartisan border deal that included significant new restrictions. And as President Biden is eager to show voters that he is taking this issue seriously. Look, Republicans have seized on the chaos at the border, turning it into a political liability for the president, upping the pressure on Biden to act. But if he does impose this executive order, it would echo a 2018 effort by then President Trump to bar and block migrants. It's something that Democrats staunchly opposed at the time and that was blocked by the courts. And if he does take this action, it too would likely face legal challenges. But even so, politically, it would give the president an opportunity to show that he is doing something to address this crisis while Republicans, ah! mired in their own infighting, have failed to do anything through legislation, George. In years like that. Okay, Mary, thanks very much. Good morning, America. Ah! Always accurate, always on top of it. Yeah, right. This was a, All this was was a, a trap. They walked right into it like the idiots that they are. The trap closed right on their ass, and now you they have all the fuel to go in there and say, hey, the Republicans, it's the, re- the borders, the re- that's the Republicans. I mean, they couldn't win this one. Mm-hmm. But they were too stupid to think about how to get out of it and had them... Now, they're trying to turn it around right now. Mike, uh, what's his face? The new Speaker of the House, <coughs> Johnson. Ditka. Mike Ditka. <laughs> got out there. We had, wish we had Mike Ditka <laughs> in his heyday. <coughs> he got out there, and all of a sudden, he's trying to say that by... Nobody's listening now. It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. All four networks, five networks are all out there saying exactly what you just heard. You did it to yourself, stupids. Plural. Stupid. All right, so we landed on the moon. Is it just me, or am I just like... Where not, did this, it just came out of nowhere? To me, it was like... Yeah, it seemed that way, yeah. I was like, 
wait a minute. I remember when I, when I was a little, little kid and we landed on the moon. It was, it was a, a big deal. Parade and a party. I mean, I know it was humans, but this is not. But at the same time, I was like, there was nothing all of a sudden out of nowhere. Last night, it was like, we landed on the moon? Zoli's breaking news. Landed yeah. on the moon. So it was a privately built moon lander, but it was, you know, at NASA's the one who... They were in on it, SpaceX mm-hmm. too. Touchdown last night on the surface of the moon around 6.23 p.m. No pictures, no nothing, no no small step from man, uh, three, two, one, No, boom. they had um, uh, fun computer-generated simulations for people to watch. Why can't uh, we watch the real thing? We could watch uh, the, the real thing no years ago. No one's there to film it. Oh. Isn't it don't and we that's have... always the big thing with the moon landing, like who is standing there to film it? When no, but don't we have like a, uh, don't we have like a, a body cam? Selfie or stick? Self- something. <laughs> well, there's no body there to put the camera on. No, the, the lunar lander, can't we see? The, the Doesn't same. have an arm that comes out. I mean, it's uh, private. Robot. You're not entitled to look at I'm it. I'm telling you what, this was done in the studio in Burbank, California. It's not real. We never landed on the moon. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin punched that guy over that. You remember that? Did he really? I met yeah, Buzz the guy's Aldrin like, once. you never went to the boat. He's like, shut up. Is there some audio here? I'll play it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Massacre That's hopping. not it. You <laughs> cut off the other 30 seconds. <laughs> An excellent call from our mission director, Empty Dr. Prime Tim Crane, on, uh, one. and over Go to our prime. CEO, Steve Alton. Yeah, if I could just pass on a few words to the entire team in uh, Intuitive Machines and Superbab and here in the, here in the uh, Mission Control. Uh, what an outstanding effort. I know this was a nail-biter, but we are on the, sa- on the surface, and we are transmitting, and uh, welcome to the moon. Houston, Odysseus has found his new home. Can you not breathe directly into the mic? No. <laughs> well, it's strapped to his face. Can I, uh, did you guys see the new Super Bowl commercial? I didn't see it during the game that has to do with NASA and astronauts. No. Someone sent it to me yesterday and I thought, how have I not seen this yet? It's it's astronauts landing on the moon and then you see this huge monster bust out of the surface of the moon and just starts killing the astronauts. He starts squashing them with his hands. He's enormous. He's squishing them, picking them up, throwing them up against a moon rock and he's just it's destruction like a like a cartoon. And you're like, "Oh my gosh." And then he keeps walking and you see one astronaut like hiding behind a rock and then you hear and it says, Bush's beans, not meant for astronauts. Ah. <laughs> it was the strangest commercial. <laughs> That's great, though. Oh, wow. If you're high when you watch that. Whew. God. I think they were high when they made it. Yeah, right? Well, that's why they connect. AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon all had outages yesterday. AT&T was far the biggest outage. Uh, stupid people calling 911. There was a unbelievable reports of people calling 911 just to see if it worked. That's uh, so ridiculous to Therefore, me. choking 911 out. Right. So if somebody had a real emergency, they couldn't get through. I don't need anything. I'm just making sure you guys are there. Okay, bye. So, yeah, uh, there was 32,000 reports by 4.30 a.m. yesterday, according to data from Down Detector, which tracks outages by collating status reports from sources, including users submitted errors on its platforms, and it was big. It looks like AT&T got hit the hardest. T-Mobile was second. Verizon was third. And it took more than 13 hours for AT&T to resolve the issue. They said it was some software-based problem. I don't believe them, but that's okay. Now, why did they put SOS, which means, you know, merge instead of, instead of like, no service? Well, they, I don't know. This whole thing was fishy because before, when they were still trying to figure out what happened, there was a bunch of news stations going around saying it was solar flares and space weather. 
that was somehow knocking out some people's phones and not others and some carriers and not well, others. Whenever I want to see if somebody's lying is they'll make a point that they'll overemphasize a point that doesn't need to be overemphasized. Like they said it about 10 times in the story. These were not hackers. So why would you do that so many times? I mean, one sentence, hey, it's not hackers. Why even bring it up? Well, especially I guess, after this. I guess in these days, you have to bring it up. I don't know what it up. is, but I can tell you what it wasn't, and that wasn't hackers. Yeah, because, I mean, this thing fell through. Catastrophic to the world's communication systems. Huh? Two strong solar flares happened on February 21st and 22nd. That aligned with several cellular services failing Thursday. NOAA Space Weather Prediction Center thinks that this correlation is unlikely the cause for the outages. Yeah, well, Okay. They're like, well, it's space weather. I mean, it could be. And it's like, no, all right. that doesn't seem right. Is it space weather, or is it coincidentally, like he just said, Jen Easterly that was testifying in a hearing yesterday about uh, cybersecurity in the United States. Listen to this. We've seen Chinese cyber actors, including those known as Volt Typhoon, burrowing deep into our critical infrastructure to enable destructive attacks in the event of a major crisis or conflict. This is a world where a major crisis halfway across the planet could well endanger the lives of Americans here at home. And you're wondering, how could they endanger lives in America here, you know, wherever it happened in here? Because they can cut off all our services, everything. Yeah. So here, hit it. Now, the threat is not theoretical. Leveraging information from our government and industry partners, CISA teams have found and eradicated Chinese intrusions in multiple critical infrastructure sectors, including aviation, water, energy, transportation. Now, based on this information, this is likely just the tip of the iceberg. That was going on during the outage. Is that just creepy as all get out? So um, here's another one. How long will we last if the cyber attack takes down our phones, our power, our water, all our infrastructure that keeps us alive? How long would we last? What's your guess, Jill? A couple months. How long would it be before 50% of the population of the U.S. would be dead? It's just, a, I'm terrified of the question. Well, I mean, it, because I'm scared of the answer. If they dropped, like, if they did the EMP thing from space and just didn't even have to hack in and you wouldn't even see it coming, like, you don't have that much time. What if an EMP went off in the United States? What if the Chinese or the Russians or whatever just tactically EMP'd the entire country and just put us back into the Stone Age? We had no internet. We had no shipping supplies. We had no communication. We had no cars. EMPs will kill your car battery. You can't do anything. Yeah. Proper that theorizes these guys are scientists oh, and well, sociologists. Okay. They said that most of the population of the United States, 60% plus, would die within four weeks. Holy Four weeks. Because, no way. So most of the population lives in major cities, right? L.A., New York, things like that. How do those cities actually get food, get clean water, get anything? Because they have the worst sewage problems. Those people are going to starve to death. They're not going to have clean water. They can't grow food. There's nothing to hunt. So as soon as that EMP goes off, yeah. looting is instant. All chaos starts to happen. After the looting is done, the second thing that's going to happen is anybody with any power, a.k.a. guns, are going to start feeding off of the people that are weaker that don't have the guns. Don't have anything to defend themselves with. In a city like New York, none of the law-abiding citizens have guns. All the criminals do. So now you're in a criminalized society where only the criminals have guns. Nobody else can defend themselves. All the law-abiding citizens are. F- yeah, pretty it's much. Crazy. But when you think about it, it's like, wow, yeah, being in the city's kind of dangerous. What do you do when Publix is out of everything? I mean, you saw the toilet paper thing just for COVID. A nice little soft entrance into that. 
So should I go build a little log cabin in the middle of nowhere where nobody can find me? What do you think I've been trying to do? <laughs> you do look like, um, you know. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Mr. Woodsy. Grizzly Adams. Mr. Woodsy, yeah. Grizzly Adams did have All a All right, kids, I'm Mr. Woodsy. Um, yeah, so that's that's two angles you could look at, you know. Um, so are they covering up? I don't know. We don't uh, know. I mean, if there was something terrible, how often do they come out and tell you? Yeah, it's like it's like COVID. Would they come out, you know, did they come out and tell us right away what was going on? No, they didn't. Hey, we, uh, we were playing with dangerous viruses that were so dangerous we didn't want to do it here, so we did it in China, and it still somehow got out across the whole world. Yeah, the National Institute of Health actually knew about it um, nine days after China knew about it, and still we didn't know. We didn't know till when. Was it January? March 2020. No, no, we knew before that, but but it was an inkling. It was a little, little, you know, it was one patient here, one patient in New York. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, Debbie Lasko, she's a rep- uh, Republican from Arizona, was in a hearing. This happened Tuesday or Wednesday on the issue about still to this day. Remember when I said the VAERS website, they had taken down similar websites where you can report vaccine injuries and uh-huh. then VAERS became very difficult to access? Yeah. yeah. And uh, they said, uh, what are you giving me signals? I don't know. I have the phone call for you about the dad with the pharmacy with the COVID shot. Oh, okay, you okay. You wanted it for here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the name of it? COVID shot. <laughs> COVID shot. Okay, I'm going to have to. Oh, here it is. I got it. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so Debbie Lasko is pressing uh, this guy, Dr. Peter Marks. He's in charge of information dissemination from the FDA. And still to this day, they have not allowed all the information about vaccine injuries to come mm-hmm. out. She grills them on we it. We probably have not done a good enough job of communicating. That Can I ask vaccine. why you haven't done it? I mean, this was August of 2021. I suggest, It seems very logical to me that if you're saying people, the public shouldn't count on theirs because anybody can report to that, which they can, why wouldn't you as actively report to the public, well, we confirmed this really low number of cases that actually were caused by vaccines. I mean, it's been years now. Why, why haven't you done it? We, we did present that in various settings, including at, I believe, at the Advisory Committee of Immunization Practices. It was mentioned at our Vaccine uh, Advisory Committee. Is, is there an easy place for the public to find this? If the goal is to give confidence to people in getting vaccines, Vaccines, why in the world would you just not say, okay, what we have done is we've investigated these deaths, we've done this, we've done that, and we've only found, you know, a handful. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, does it? In uh, Europe, uh, they have now you can't get a COVID vaccine unless you're uh, 35 or over. Yep. You're not recommended to get a COVID vaccine. No teens can get a COVID vaccine over there because it's it's becoming that dangerous. You just don't know about it. What about children? Yeah, and your children. Now, um, you said you had a call here. Yeah, so this is a father that was calling the pharmacy where his seven-year-old got the COVID vaccine. He didn't want his seven-year-old to get it. The mother took the child against the dad's wishes. Wow. And the rest of it is explained in this call. Hi, are you a pharmacist? Yes, how can I help? Yeah, hey, I've got a question. My wife... Um against my wishes brought my son seven-year-old son in there yesterday a few days ago for a covid jab and he's now in the hospital with myocarditis um and i was obviously not very happy with you guys or with my wife um she told me that she was not told that was a potential side effect so why wouldn't you have told her that okay um 
sorry. Um, so it's quite a rare um, side effect as well. No, it's uh, not that. No, it's yeah. not because I've been doing research. It's common. In the U.S., there's tens of thousands of them reported to the CDC site. So why are you not telling parents this? Um, uh, we might scare the parents and they don't want to get their child vaccinated. Yeah, so, so you don't want to scare the parents with something that is actually happening that's happened to my kid. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it right there. We don't tell the parents because it might scare the parents and then they won't get their child vaccinated. Uh, oh, oh, well. That was her answer. Yeah, no, that's your yeah, talking how about. do we trick you into doing the thing anyway? That's I mean, a dumb person at the drive-thru. Yeah, I mean, that, that poor lady, I mean, she probably has no idea. No, they don't But know. she's still a pharmacist. Is she? <laughs> she, she said, is this a pharmacist? And she said, yes. Have you checked out the level of knowledge and people that used to know a lot about their careers? I mean, I would hope a pharmacist is no. somewhat educated. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, a little bit, but that's not like it used to be. People used to love what they do and they'd really delve into it and they would know everything about it, every angle they'd answer, be able to answer most questions. People nowadays, it's just like, what can I do? What's the, last, le- the le- least I can do to get a paycheck at the yeah. end of the week? But uh, yeah, the key takeaways from the findings in this hearing were the FDA accelerated the COVID-19 vaccine approval process for political reasons and uh, forego any, uh, you know, health reasons that would have kept it in studies much longer. Uh, Vaccine injury reporting and compensation systems were not prepared to handle the avalanche of injury claims caused by the COVID-19 vaccine. So instead of fixing the websites, they just took them down. It was an app. I remember it. Uh, Shortcomings in the vaccine injury reporting and vaccine compensation system during the pandemic deteriorated public trust and vaccine safety. That was the VAERS system. It was almost impossible to get on it. And if you try to get on it, most of the information there was just very generic and very vague on purpose. So basically... All of you, you are gonna die! (laughs) Anyway... It was just interesting. All this stuff's going. It's funny because all this stuff is bubbling under while we're watching, you know, the moon landing. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that wasn't on TV either. What were they yeah, on? No, what were they we talked about it a little bit. But we wouldn't see video or anything like that. Yeah. What did we watch? Do you want me to do the story about this lady in California, sure. the 90-year-old? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is great. So she's uh, she's been working there forever. It's the uh, mu- Multiple, Multiple Sclerosis. Sclerosis Association. Right. She's 90 years old. She's been volunteering for them since she was 60. She won awards from this place for getting so much money raised for this nonprofit. Her husband suffered from MS, which is why she volunteered, and it's so passionate to her. So they decided to ask her to step down because she didn't understand what pronouns meant because they brought in a DEI department that said everyone's email signature has to have their pronouns next to it. And she's old. And she didn't have it. And she, all she did was ask, I don't know what this means. What is this, this, what is this pronouns? What are you, what are you talking about? She's 90 years old. I don't understand. Here's the email she got. Dear Fran, I hope this email finds you well. Uh, As we discussed earlier during our phone conversation, after a thorough review of our guidelines and standards, it has come to our attention that there's been a failure to abide by our diversity, equity, and inclusion guidelines during your time as a volunteer. Unfortunately, based on that situation, we have to make the difficult decision to ask you to step down. So people went crazy. Crazy. But they issued an apology because they got so much pushback. Because everyone, you want to know why? People saw this and they were like, well, I'm never donating to the MS. I'm never donating to MS again. People that had been donating for years and years and years regularly because of Fran and her story with her husband said, 
are you serious right now? That's what you're going to do? Well, you're not getting my money anymore. Did you read the, do you have the apology? The apology, this is, this is not an apology. This oh, is this corporate is speak. Oh, yeah. this is, this is delicious. Because they blamed the lack of protocol for the decision. They said, we should have spent more time with Fran to help her understand why as an organization, we are dedicated to building a diverse and inclusive movement. In other words, they should have spent some time re-educating and brainwashing her mm-hmm. and we didn't. Um, everyone has equitable access to the care, connections, and support they need to live their best lives. We apologized to friend directly and reached out to her to find a way to continue to work together. It is unclear if Fran actually wants to go back and work with the organization. Why would you want to? Um, let's see. Well, that, that's just enough. That's not an apology. No. That's, because then they go on, the part Jill didn't get to yet, it's the part they go on tell, saying how great they are for what they do. Oh, so they released a statement. Yeah, this is it. This is it. About her. Not This wasn't the apology to her. Um, it's kind of long. It just says, the National Multiple Sclerosis Society apologizes to our longtime dedicated volunteer friend. Recently, we asked her to step down because of statements made that we viewed as not aligning with our recently implemented diversity, equity, and inclusion policy. Um, and that's when it goes into like 60 years of service. We made a mistake. Um, we wanted to help her grow as a volunteer. We yeah, should because they're more- right. You see, no matter, there's no apology. They're not here. apologizing. Yeah, they're not. They're right, and she just failed to be able to re- be re-educated in the re-education camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't drink the Kool-Aid fast enough, did you? The 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 arrogance, the immense arrogance of these people is is is. Because now, because now your vision is no longer to free the world of MS. No, like that's not your vision anymore. No. Now You're you trying have trying to tell a an diff- old lady how to talk. Correct. And you really just hurt your cause when you don't focus on what your actual goal is. It's amazing. It's amazing. So uh, the top story has been and still is the big outage yesterday of cell phones across the nation. AT&T being the one that took the brunt of it. Verizon and T-Mobile. If you have any problems today, don't call nine. There was like 32,000 calls. 32,000 people calling 911 going, uh, just want just to make sure it works. Blocking out emergency calls that needed to have uh, be addressed and they couldn't get through because other people were calling to make sure that their phone so worked. So stupid. Yeah, that's really great. When there's a major cell phone outage, turn to the medium that's always on, radio. When you can't get on social media, get on the radio instead. Hey everyone, look at this picture I took of my dinner. Hope you're having a great day out there. Oh, and by the way, I spelled your and their incorrectly. OMG, I caught this creepy guy sort of glancing at me while I filmed myself at the gym. On second thought, Keep that crap on social media. <laughs> Radio is about real conversation with real people in real time. And when your streaming apps don't stream, we're on the air with the music you love. Radio, the media that's been social for more than 100 years. Thank you. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. They're just having fun in a world that's gone cuckoo. 105.9 Sunny FM. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Wake up and smell the future, man. Having fun with the world gone crazy. This is such a happy story. I feel like I had to do it. Uh, this is brought to you by All Electric Services. Rick, you've lost an animal before. By lost, I don't mean 
it passed away, I mean, you lost as it ran away, you couldn't find it, right? Right. What was it, Monkey Butt ran away? Yeah, Monkey Butt. And you never, we don't know never the status found him of again. Monkey Butt, right? No. So it could be pretty upsetting when you lose an animal, dog gets out of the fence, runs away, you hope that somebody turns it in, you put up signs, if you have a chip, you hope somebody returns it to you. So last week, a woman in Ohio, she was sitting there, she had lost her dog five years ago, and she's been upset about it. Thought about getting another dog, wasn't really sure, because sometimes you have to, you need some time to grieve. So finally, she goes to uh, an adoption event, and she goes in, and her pup had wandered away. I guess this was in 2019. Um, she lost all hope that it would ever be returned to her. So she goes into this adoption event. I'm finally here. I'm ready to adopt a new puppy. Let me see if I can uh, rescue a dog. She walks in. Her dog that was lost five years ago is one of the dogs up for adoption at the adoption event. Get out of here. Isn't that crazy? Where's it been for five years? Um, They don't know. And this was at, let's see. see all she dogs- wasn't sure. Well, you got to remember. So if you have a dog and it's smaller or younger, it might, you know, five years when they're older, they don't really change a whole lot. But if it's younger and then it grows up, you can't really recognize if that's your... Right. Kind of looks like him, but I don't know. Um, everyone started crying. The, the adoption people were like, oh my gosh, this is so magical. Wait a minute. This- did they still charge you the 50 bucks? It doesn't say it. I knew you were going to ask me that. Right. I, I was reading the story and I'm like, Rick's going to be like, did they charge you the jerks? <laughs> yes. It's my dog. No 50 bucks, lady. It rules a rule. So... Wow. Do we have the dog's name? Anything? No? Uh, the dog's name was Rome. And he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my dogs all have uh, body cams and Apple tags. No, they don't. No, they have Apple tags, Do though. they really? Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, they gotta. Ha- I've got to have Apple tags. I know. A deer goes by, the dog's gone. Oh, we- yeah, that's a good point. We almost adopted another animal the other day. Oh. You should have. Why didn't you do it? Well, we were, we were going to pick up our cat's ashes because our cat died two weeks ago. And so we were going there, and my husband comes with me. And you know, it's kind of a sad, you get emotional all over again when you pick up their ashes. So Mm -hmm. we walk in, and he's like, let's go over and look at the kitties before we go pick up his ashes. I'm like, okay. So we go over there. We call my husband the cat whisperer. He loves cats. And we see this little beige and white little, and it was a kitten, but I guess it was maybe like six weeks old or eight weeks old. So stinking cute. And right next to it is a little black and white kitten, and they're brothers. And Uh I was like, and they're rubbing up against the thing, and Harold looks at me, and I'm like, Harold. And he's like, oh, but look how cute he is. I'm like, yeah. So we start reading the thing. We pick up the tag. They had to be adopted together. Okay. And so we would have been over our max limit of animals allowed where we live. They don't have animal police going on. What do you have? What's, uh, what's your limit? Two? Yeah. Yeah. So you have three. comes in. They see three litter boxes. It, you're out of there. It's a cat. I know. They're not going to go in there and check. So I said- do we want to save it for like these animals are in a good situation and they're going to be adopted they're kittens for crying out loud because he always says I, we need to save space for if there's an emergency situation like if we're out walking around we see an animal and we're like mm, look at the lost animal let's pick it up and take it home so we didn't wind up getting the kitties but we thought about it and my other cats would have been so upset they don't Why? like when new cats come in they take a oh. little minute to adjust but, yeah yeah well but it was cute I almost went and got him his name was Toby he was so cute um when you think of living in a small space, like I live in 1,400 square feet, and it's enough for the three of us. Uh, we have high ceilings, so that helps. We have a big patio, that helps. But when you hear about somebody living in a small space, if someone told you, I have a tiny apartment, how what, how many square feet would you think that was? 700. Okay, that's I would consider that tiny that's as well. small. Right. Smoke, what would you think is a small living space? Um, my first apartment when I got here was 550 square feet. 
That's small. That's small. Yeah, no, I didn't even have a bedroom door. It was like, here's a kind of a half wall so you know where your bed should be. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, uh, I've had that. You'll I have a, a closet for your toilet, and then the sink's just going to be right here next to your bed. And there <laughs> you yeah, go. that's it. Don't forget, get careful. Don't stretch out in the bed because you'll bump your head on the oven. But otherwise, <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful spot. We just uh, painted over all the outlets, so that'll be fun for you to plug stuff in. I lived in two studio apartments. I know exactly what he's talking about. The sink is right next to your bed, and the sink is right next to the bathroom. friend of mine lived in a studio apartment where the Murphy it was a Murphy bed that came down yes. from the yeah, wall. Yeah. So if you wanted any space in your apartment, the bed had to be put up, and you'd like slide your couch over. Right, Murphy. And so that's how that had to go. But it was, it was cute at the time. So now there's this video that's gone viral of this small living space, I'm saying that word loosely, in New York City that's going for $1,200 a month. Any idea how small it is? If it's $1,200, um, I mean, it's probably a broom closet. Yeah, about 250 square feet. 115 square feet. Oh, jeez, that's a closet. It is a narrow closet-sized room without a kitchen or a bathroom. You, you can't have, even lay down. No, you have the bathroom in the hallway that you share with the other residents. You know, it's like a community bathroom or the... You know, you go down the hall and you have to wait. Oh, somebody's in there. I gotta wait. Oh Take my a shower. God, how many square feet did you say? One hundred and fifteen. There's one that just came on the market. It's fifty-five square feet. Fifty-five square feet. He can't even feet. turn around in that. No, he can touch both walls it's a with jail his hands. Cell. Now this is the place that I was telling you about. It's real <laughs> up. Got just one window facing a brick wall. Used to rent it to a blind man. <laughs> Damn shame what they did to that dog. Prisoners have more space in their cell. No, this is this is a cell. It's a, it's literally a cell. Well, this just to give you an idea, uh, apartments in Manhattan, the average rate, not even the highest, but the right. average rate is forty one hundred. Get out of here! Month. Oh, there's apartments in my neighborhood going for five thousand dollars a month. I can't even talk about Damn. that. I'll throw up. Uh, but this, since this is twelve hundred dollars, people are like, "Wow, I get to live in Manhattan for twelve hundred dollars a month. That's a steal." Just to share a bathroom. Why would you do that? Go it's out not, to eat a lot. You can't cook anything at your house. So just this a place one, to sleep. This is New York City's smallest apartment, 55 square feet, and it costs 1400 a month. No bathroom, no nothing. Nothing. Yo, responsibilities. I just... Uh, wh- why would you do that? If you have to stand up to sleep, what's be, the point? Because you want to tell people you live in New York. I mean, th- exactly. when, you, when, when you put yourself in positions that are just untenable, like you're just... Mm-hmm. It's because your ego's bigger than your... your that's a storage closet. You're, you're That's com- a storage room. There's no windows. You have no common sense. They you have your bring bed. anybody over. My college dorm room was bigger than that. It's not about having somebody over. It's about being at the corner bar in Soho to say, mm-hmm. where do you live? New Jersey. Where do, you know, I live up here in, I'm right, in right, up, right up the block here in Soho. Yeah. I live in a bucket in the alley. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Bucket would be bigger. Uh, speaking of bills, how much money do you think Americans spend on Monthly bills. On monthly bills? Um, what, what, I mean, average American? What, what are we talking about here? Uh, I'll break it down for you. Um, so a third of people are spending about 200 to $300 a month on things like utility bills, electric, gas, things like that. Where do they live? What's your your bills? Well, you have a pool with a heater, right? Yeah. Well, I don't turn the heater on every day. Because if you have a pool, your, your no, electric I'm, bill goes I never the turn the pool heat on. No, it's gas, so... God. But it's, I never turn that on. I use it for the hot tub. But yeah. that lasts me months. Okay. Um, no, but right now, we don't use air conditioning. We don't use heat. We I turn the lights off constantly. The bill's about, well, I get the solar thing going, but normally about two to $300 a month. On the utilities? Yeah, on, on yeah, that's electric. About, that's about mine. Yeah. My utilities. If I, if I keep, like, if it's cold outside and I don't have the air on and I just have, like, the windows right. open. Right, right. 
it'll be like 181 a month. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But then, no, I get I get uh, it handed to me in the summertime. Sure, we all do. Because even though I have an overhang over where my windows are, the sun can still, I have a lot of windows and doors so that sun comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to keep the blinds closed to try to keep the air yeah. conditioner from Well, that's what happens over. when you live in a storefront. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. Um, Gen Zers are paying up to $500 a month for their car payments. That's nothing. I think that's too much. That's a cheap car. You think? Oh, uh, yeah, I know. I don't want to go above the threes. I won't the buy Good luck with that. What no, are you going to drive? That's, a, that's what a mine smart is now. car you can't get for three. Well, that's, that's because you probably now. traded something in. I did. But if you uh, go out and buy a car and you got a couple of grand to put down, you ain't getting out of there with less than 700 a month. I oh, traded yeah. in my Jeep for my for my Ford. How much did they give you? 12,000. Okay, you see, you got twelve. That's twelve thousand dollar payment. And then I put I mean, a little bit down, and so I'm like three thirty. That's my car payment's three thirty. Yeah, and you bought a what thirty three thousand dollar car, thirty four. Yeah, it was brand new though. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you're already talking two years ago. Yeah, three that years was ago. Say, you, you got three it years. just before things started hitting the fan. Yeah, yep. go go out there now and try to buy anything, I anything know. at all. Well, the average car right now is fifty one thousand dollars. I know. My twelve year old car's gone up in value. Yeah. Well, has. they keep contacting me saying, "We'll buy your car. We need cars. You want to sell us your car? Would you want to sell us your car?" Yep. I wanted, nickel. I wanted the Bronco, but it was too expensive for me, and it was like a six hundred dollar a month car payment. I'm like, I can't do that. That's insane. Besides, you couldn't fit that anywhere in Baldwin Park. <laughs> That's right. Not without my own cobblestone driveway. What is that? No. It doesn't have a wo- it doesn't have a teak dashboard. Yes. Where'd you get this? You don't have a fountain to park it next to. Where will you put it? <laughs> A Bronco will fit in a normal parking spot. Yes, but you're not normal in this neighborhood. <laughs> There's a lot of trucks, F-150s and stuff in my neighborhood. They oh, fit. Those are for the workers, the maintenance crew. Stop. <laughs> you mean the help. There's a lady that taught her dog Harry Potter spells. What I mean by that was she attached Harry Spotter. Uh, Harry Spotter. Harry Spotter. Harry Potter spells. <laughs> Harry Spotter. To each huh? command. So if she wants her... Dog to lie down. That's one Harry Potter. Oh my God, I did it again. <laughs> Harry Potter spell. Like, what have you been talking about here? We're saying it wrong. It's Leviosa. Not, Not Leviosa. So let's say Leviosa was meant stay. Then the, instead of saying stay to her dog, she would say Leviosa. And then the dog would stay. So she's it's just word association. Ah, so she has gotcha. all the different spells from the Harry Potter movie, which means mm-hmm. a different act. One means back up, one means lie down, one means jump over. What spell did she use for poop? It doesn't have one up here for poop that I can see, but I don't mm. think the dog can poop on command. I think the dog tells you when it needs to poop. You don't tell the dog what it needs to, to do. Poop. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Coming to theaters, Harry Potter is back. And this time he has a dog. It's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Bone. <laughs> all right, Poochie, it's time to get you housebroken. Go poopium outsideium. <laughs> oh, heavens, I said outside, not on the living room rug. You'll love the adventures of Harry and Wizard's best friend. Come on, Poochie, roll over um right now I'm um. Okay, now you're peeing on the living room rug. Is there something wrong with my magic wand? It's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Bone. I'm not giving you this bone until you stop um humping my legium. Coming to theaters. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack with... Man, you're really stupid in the morning, aren't you? Stupid news. Alright, here we go. So, uh, police officer Mississippi has been caught shoplifting at Dick's Sporting Goods while on duty... In uniform. What? Yeah, Robin Connor, 33, was nabbed Wednesday after allegedly helping herself to... Do you have the... Get that ready. Was nabbed Wednesday after allegedly helping herself to a pair of $140 shoes from Dick's Sporting Goods. Connor, who has been a cop for two years, was ironically given a lift to jail in 
her own squad car. Ew. <laughs> I need to clean this back seat. All right, so if there's ever going to be a movie starring Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, Jack Nicholson, and Michael Caine, this would be the plot. A gang of six men in their 70s have been arrested in Italy. They uh, stand accused of carrying out several armed burglaries at post offices around Italy. All of the arrested members had criminal records, but the ones said to be the leaders of the group have particularly impressive criminal backgrounds dating back to the 70s. Authorities say the elderly gang was structured, too. They had three top members, a key maker for locks, and two bricklayers who handled the holes that were made in the post offices to get inside. Wow. Okay. That's elaborate. They're like, we're old. No one will suspect us. Right. The Italian job. Old Stiller, I'll chase you down with my, my walker. Now, this is the way to do it. <laughs> this is how you do it. Evan James mm-hmm. Coker in Oklahoma. Uh, apparently didn't understand the uh, work smarter, not harder, because he worked really hard at this. Between February 25th and March 6, 2019, Coker bid on multiple auctions for seized assets from the police department. You know, drug cars, money, whatever oh, well, it was. Like they do them here too, like the uh, Orange County like government auctions. Yeah, where like it, it'll be stuff the cops seize or like um, equipment the county doesn't use anymore. Like who wants a snowplow? Five thousand dollars. They also have jewelry that they confiscated from drug dealers. They have uh, all kinds of stuff. Some of them have the um, storage units. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll have those. You get, like, a generator or something. But I would love to get one of those cars and, like, where you don't realize that there's a secret drug compartment until you turn the AC on one day and then the ashtray pops out and there's a lockbox full of meth. And you're like, oh. (laughs) Anyway, after he placed his bids on these items, they were accepted. Then he would hack into the pay.gov website and change the price of each item, 19 of them, to a dollar. Wow. Including a 2010 Ford Escape Hybrid, a Ford F-550 pickup truck, that's the enormous one with the four wheels in the back, and a Chevy C4500 box truck. (laughs) Got him! Yeah, uh, well, he was caught. Wire fraud. He pled guilty. He's going to be sentenced this week. Uh Uh-oh. I mean, you got to admire his effort. No, it's really good work. I mean, it's clever. Mm Mm-hmm. Finally, uh, this happened right here in our state, our fine state in Jacksonville. Okay. This guy was not feeling so a little off. Didn't f- I can't even say it. I just, I'm reading this story and I'm going, how could this be possible? And you'll find out why in a minute. I made you look at pictures with me because I couldn't suffer alone. What do you mean you felt a little off? The unidentified man had been feeling off since October, but it wasn't until February 9th that he decided to go to the doctor at Florida Memorial right here. So, um... The doctors started looking around, looking around. They finally looked in his nose. He kept saying he had nosebleeds. He couldn't go to the hospital. He couldn't go to the bathroom without a nosebleed. Yeah, his face was all swollen and everything. Yeah, he was feeling it was hard to breathe. Dr. David Carlson told the outlet that he examined the man's nose with a camera only to discover dozens of bugs feeding on the inside of his nostrils and sinus cavity and shedding tissue and excrement. Oh, God. They were eating his sinus cavity. Size-wise, these variations, but the larger ones were as big as the end of my pinky, said the doctor. So little ones were like buried, like burrowed into the tissue? Yeah. They tried to remove the bugs with a suction like they would in any surgery, you know, that sucks the Mm -hmm. excess blood. It's clogged it. And when you look at the picture, they're all basically maggots. And what was... 
Yeah, I know. So he oh. blames it because the, the doctor was like, how'd this happen? He's like, oh, well, I clean dead fish for a living and I just rinse my hands in the river. And then I, if just I shove rub them up my nose, well, if I rub my face or rub my nose and it turns out, I guess he had some kind of cancer up there 30 years ago and he had a lot of of uh, crevices, a lot of tissues removed, so there were a lot of crevices and holes up there. Oh, and the larva gets in there, and it got in there, and it kind of burrowed up H- in there. Hundreds. Oh God! I mean, you had to see. <laughs> I looked at the picture this morning, and I was so like, I. "I was like, Rick, I'm not suffering alone. Get over here. I haven't look even at looked this. at it. Is it gross? Oh it my gosh! I'll so pull it gross. up for you. And the thing, so but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Bugs aside. What kind of dirtbag are you that you have bushes growing out of your nose? Uh-huh. Oh my he has, gosh! He has I tree tr- oh. he has tree trunks growing out of his nose. This is a person with bad hygiene. Yeah. Oh, this is heinous. It's I know. always a dude, and and sometimes you have to sit and talk to somebody like this. They come over to your house to repair something, and you're looking at them, you're going, "Oh my god, what is coming oh. out of your nose?" Uh-uh. Oh. Do you see it, smoke? Oh, that is foul. So now imagine them wiggling around his nose and eating his sinus and- tissue. They said when they X-rayed him, they were right. Under his, that's how far Blow up they your went. Nose. Right under his brain. They and were under they, the skin yep. by his membrane of his brain. And they oh said, had gosh. it gone any further, it could have gotten to his brain and killed him. What is? Oh first gosh. of all, I don't know, but I mean, why didn't you look up your nose or or blow your nose so the bugs would come spraying? What is wrong with? Okay. I want to blow my nose, Neil. Oh my gosh. Oh, 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 that's so gross. Oh, my sinuses are so congested. Oh, you have a cold, honey? No, I have 150 live bugs in there. Not anymore. With new Raid Sinus Formula. How's it work? (laughs) Never mind that now. You've got bugs in your nose, and they need killing. Well, isn't that bad for me? Here you go, honey. I grabbed some Raid Sinus Formula at the drugstore. No, I don't think I should. Spray it up your nose, you coward. Okay. Ah, 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 it burns. <laughs> that means it's working. New Raid Sinus Formula, also available in an easy-to-snort powder. Wow, look at all those dead bugs just fall right out of your nostrils. Yeah, but I'm so dizzy. Ugh. Honey, you okay? Raid Sinus Formula, in stores now. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Sunny Having fun with a world gone crazy. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. So as you know already, we had a major outage when it comes to cell phones yesterday. AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, and all their subsidiaries had problems all day yesterday. It's all over, though. AT&T's not saying exactly what it was. They say it was some kind of software glitch. Mm. I don't believe that, but that's okay. Could be sunspots. Could be uh, what this lady in Congress was talking about yesterday. Chinese hackers. We don't really know. The part of the story that intrigued me was... Yes. 32,000 people called in the first hour, 911 dispatchers, to make sure that the phone... These are people that didn't need to call. They just called to make sure that they could get through to 911. And what that did is it barred other people from getting through who had real emergencies. We are living amongst those people. Why didn't you just call what everybody... Everybody else was told to call the, uh, you know, the outage hotline. Yeah. Thank you for calling the cell phone outage hotline. To find out if you're experiencing an outage, press 1. Okay, well, first of all, if you're experiencing an outage, how are you calling this number? Think about it. To find out who is experiencing an outage, press 2. There is currently an outage, with, and it will be resolved if you are going to be in the area that is... Ex- an out call five two two six four and if you experience an outage whatever you do don't at with uh, 
and it, uh, or you will suffer horrific consequences. Thank you for calling the cell phone outage hotline. <laughs> All right, first time since 1972, 50 years ago, that we landed on the moon. We did it again. I didn't even know what was happening. I didn't either. I mean, I saw some stuff about it this morning on the news, but there's no, I expected a big ta-da video thing, and we didn't get any of that. Odysseus, the robotic lander, landed 6.23 p.m. Eastern Time last night. It was very exciting for those people. <laughs> An excellent call from our mission director, Dr. Prime Tim Crane. On, uh, I am one. And Why are you talking over him, Mr. Prime? Stop it. And over to our Prime. CEO, Steve Alton. Yeah, if I could just pass on a few words to the entire team in uh, uh, Intuitive Machines at Superbab. And here like, in, the, uh, like the telemetry and the Unison uh, phase link generator people and the ones over at the uh, Unicoms. Uh, that was good. And the strategic uh, Ornfordoffs. That was wonderful. Thank you. Anyway, they put the thing on the moon. No big fanfare. There wasn't some speech, you know. For, I thought there would be a big thing. Big step for man. Big lunge for mankind. And and all the other genders. More of a slow fall out of bed for mankind. <laughs> so, uh, the Republicans... This is why I'm not a Republican any longer, because... Pretty much, they're just like fluffy little puppies. You know the ones you see at the uh, store, and then you get them home, and they're they're so cute, and you love them, but they're kind of dumb. You know, like they'll pee on the floor, and then they'll step on it themselves. Or they're like, "What are you doing, stupid? Come here!" Yeah, or they or they bonk their own heads into a door frame because it's just yeah. You've seen that. You're dumb dogs. That's what they're. They're fluffy little dumb dogs. They just want to please everybody, and of course, in doing so, as we know, you please no one. That's right. Least of all yourself. This shows an example of success by not pleasing. Half the audience. <laughs> we piss a lot of people off, but there's a lot of people that love us, and I appreciate the hell out of that, but it works. Can't be you, everything to everyone. Yeah, being bland, the days of being bland and, and just mishmashy, mushy, mushy, doesn't work anymore. But uh, Republicans are that, and they're gullible and naive. That, have I said enough? Here's why. I've been saying this for two weeks. Remember the, bi- the bipartisan, hold on, the bipartisan border bill. God, if they ever say that again. It wasn't bipartisan. It wasn't for our border either. It was for everybody else's. Yeah, it was about getting money for Ukraine, Israel, and Gaza. That's what this was all about. They didn't get that, so they split it up and then did nothing for the border because the, the Republicans, some of them, were like, yeah, uh, this isn't a border bill. And here it says you pretty much can change whatever you want, whenever you want. And it also says you're going to allow up to 5,000 people in a day. If the average goes over that, we close the border automatically. It was all this crap. Yeah. Then they said, well, you know, we'll we'll make the asylum seekers stay on the other side. Oh, We'll apprehend them and keep them there till we decide what their asylum is. Dude, at 5000 a day... Okay, I'm sorry. At 4999 a day on the average, this isn't going to... Okay, I don't even want to get into it. It wasn't a border bill. It was a joke. But you see, it was a setup from the beginning. They knew this, this is what makes Democrats so good at what they do. They're conniving and they're good at it. And they, they own the media, so the media carries their water. It's, it's a perfect setup for domination because what, that's what they're after. Complete, utter domination of our mm. country, our people in perpetuity. Never, ever having to have an election again would be their dream. So anyway, what they did is they got this, uh, this obviously this crisis at the border has become the number one concern for Americans. It used to be the economy. But because it got so big and got out of hand, people who don't watch anything but ABC News started going, wait a minute. Is there, is there something going on at the border? You know, after five million have already crossed. Really? I didn't know that. 
I listen to ABC. I listen to Good Morning America every day. They didn't say anything about it. They said the Republicans were making up this border crisis. Yeah, they're always making crap up. And then they realized one day, oh my God, I've been lied to. So it has become the number one, not only number one concern, it's the number one threat to our lives. Because if you really watch closely, 31,000 Chinese military-aged men have crossed as well. How about that? So anyway, the thing is that Biden was tanking on that category, safety, and keeping our country safe and the border closed. So what did he decide to do? And it's smart. They decided, okay, since it's the number one concern and we are nine months out from an election, we'll pass a bill that looks like it's a border bill that will stop all this dead stop. Biden will be a hero. He'll go out there and say, look, I did it. I've saved the day and I closed the border and thank God I did it, not the Republicans. And then the other thing was, if let's say the Republicans didn't pass the bill, then they do what they're doing now. See, the Republicans don't want you safe. Exactly. And they fell for it. They got spanked at every level. Now, if you tune in to Good Morning America yesterday, here's the spanking that they gave the Republicans. Because remember, the media is the Democrat Party. We're going to begin, Robin, at the White House, where President Biden is considering executive action on the border to stem the flow of migrants after congressional Republicans... (laughs) killed a bipartisan (laughs) compromise on border security. Chief White House correspondent Mary Bruce starts us off. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, George. Well, I'm told this morning President Biden is considering possibly taking executive action to impose tough new asylum restrictions, including possibly barring migrants from seeking asylum if they cross illegally between U.S. ports of entry. Now, I'm told the president is considering a wide range of options here. No final decisions have been made, but this does come, of course, after Republicans on the Hill under pressure. From Donald Trump tanked a bipartisan border deal that included significant new restrictions. And as President Biden is eager to show voters that he is taking this issue seriously. Look, Republicans have seized on the chaos at the border, turning it into a political liability for the president, upping the pressure on Biden to act. But if he does impose this executive order, it would echo a 2018 effort by then President Trump to bar and block migrants. It's something that Democrats staunchly opposed at the time and that was blocked by the courts. And if he does take this action, it too would likely face legal challenges. But even so, politically, it would give the president an opportunity to show that he is doing something to address this crisis while Republicans, Ow! mired in their own <laughs> infighting, have failed to do anything through legislation, George. It's been years like that. Okay, Mary, thanks very much. I mean, come on. But the, are there people that really yes. think, there are people that don't realize that he's the one that caused the problem? Right, no, no, no. Because they watch Good Morning America for 10 minutes, they go to work and they come back home and they can make dinner and go to sleep. And that's about it. And that's all they know. And they don't know anything about this. And they listen to this and they'll go, yeah, those Republicans, are, damn, it's terrible people. We have to vote for Biden. But you don't realize Biden's the one that's been letting them all in. No, he hasn't. No, it's the Republicans. He wanted to fix it all along. No, no. He got in office and broke it on purpose. And even his fix wasn't really a fix. You were still letting a bunch of people in. You just had to cap it at a certain number. Yeah, but those people, you know, they're they're being bussed around like they're little puppets for these Republicans. A nasty governor of Texas sending them to Chicago. And it's awful what they're doing to these cities. I can't wait to get in that voting booth. I'm sorry, that mail-in ballot booth Mm -hmm. with 10 mail-in ballots. Fill them all out and vote 10 times. (laughs) I'm a dick, ain't I? So anyway. The disease that had begun with mild symptoms got worse and worse. It became a cancer that seemed incurable. Now, this is the president of El Salvador. This guy has taken a country that was the number one murder capital of the world. Competed with St. Louis, by the way, for many years. They would go Mm -hmm. back and forth. Yeah, St. Louis here in the United States. And uh, he's a dictator. I mean... 
that kind of had that, to be, though. That, I'm not saying yeah. we like a dictator, but in that case... That name has a lot of con- negative connotation, which it should. It should, absolutely. But in this case, this is a little weird so far. I'm sure at some point he's going to get to become a real dictator and people are going to die. But hopefully not. First thing he did, he came in office. I mean, can there be a good dictator? Hmm, well, I don't know. In, in this case, because gangs were... Ripping the, they were ripping the country apart. It was the most dangerous country in the world. He talked about in, it. Oh, okay. Let me play this. This is the president, uh, and he just won. By the way, he won, but then uh, his whole you know, Congress is what, sort of what they got. Same thing. His party overwhelmingly t- took 54 to 61 available seats. He's basically making a comparison saying if, if the Democrats keep letting uh, illegal immigration happen in this country that America is going to start to look like El Salvador. Here we go. We are already seeing these symptoms in the United States. Big cities in decline like Baltimore, Portland, New York, just to name a few. Places where crime and drugs have become, have become the daily norm and even accepted and promoted by the government. How many young people have you lost to the streets of Philadelphia or San Francisco to fentanyl? Did we see this apocalyptic sites 15, 10, 5 years ago? Can you imagine how it will be in the next 5, 10, or 15 years? The same thing was happening in El Salvador. In the span of less than a decade, gangs took control of all the country and our society. They evolved into a parallel government, controlling elections and even political parties. Every aspect of the daily life of most people was controlled by the gangs. Murder capital of the world Mm -hmm. is a tragic title to hold. Getting rid of what of that was the bare minimum we had to achieve in order to even start thinking about rebuilding our country. Now, there was a guy, I don't have the audio today, but there was a guy that came, ABC News and B, BBC came up to him and was like, you're incarcerating 77,000 people without due process. How can you do that? He was like, you're going to tell me how to run the number one murder capital in the world and how to fix this? Mm-hmm. Get out of my face. See? So, I mean, you know, again... I don't trust any dictator. I'd rather have the dangerous streets than have a dictator because power uh, corrupts people. I mean, I know it's a Bruce Springsteen song. It's very cliche to say, but at the same time. Yeah, but he got all the gangs off the streets. Yeah, for now. And there's a lot of proof that, uh, you know, uh, but in the power, ultimate power like he's got right yeah, now. Yeah, but then eventually get, the yeah. gangs work for him and then he controls everything. And it's, mm-hmm. I know the mob rules. Yeah, let's hope not. But that's where it leads. So I, I, I don't want a dictator. But man, I wish we had somebody with the balls this guy has. Uh, there's somebody out there. What is his name? Yeah. But but they're not Howard Dean. But the problem is not even Trump or whoever becomes president. It's it's the whole everybody in Washington and everybody and and now the district attorneys in all these major cities. They're they're not. Nobody's getting justice. Well, they're not getting fix. You just got to take the money out. But they're not getting justice because they don't want justice. They don't want it. They could easily solve it right now if they wanted to, but they don't. Yeah. All right, so um, do you have a hate mail? Do we have that? Uh, yeah, I can find it for you. Okay, real quick. Uh, let me see if I can respond to this one. And, and, you know, hey, once again, if if we ever get anything wrong, which is quite possible when you think about it, there's so, much, there's so much coming at you. Send it to me. You don't have to call me names. You don't have to call Jill names. Hey, you Bonehead, you stupid ass. Yeah, Look at a, this. It's a lot worse than I that. I do laugh at the Rick names, though. Yeah, I get a lot of good names. <laughs> they are. It's so funny. We're, we're so fortunate that we all have super tough skins because some of the stuff that people say to us is like 
Do you kiss your mother with that mouth? Yeah, some of it's mean, and then, but my favorite was that, that recent lady. Uh, do your job, DJ Radio Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to get the jingles for that. I want to give myself some jingles. Read it. So anyway, uh, let me, uh, let me uh, chime in here to log in to get it. You've got hate. All right, this says, why aren't you talking about the star witness in the Biden impeachment investigation being a Russian agent? Talk about humiliation for Republicans. You clowns just look dumb day in and day out. I don't know that he's Russian. I know he's like Israeli. First of all, we're not Republicans, but that's fine. Um, You can call us that. I'm a conservative. I admit that up front, but I'm not a Republican. There's a big difference. Uh, But we did cover the story twice yesterday, and I'll do it again just for you. So you realize that I will tell you the news that I think is pertinent to what's going on. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody in the media is glomming onto the fact that this FBI informant uh, lied on a 1023 form where informants are allowed to, you know, put things down that they saw that may lead to, you know, somebody... You know, being arrested for doing something that was poo-poo. So what was his lie? He lied. He said that uh, Ukraine's Burisma, the corporation down there, gave Hunter Biden and Joe Biden $5 million apiece in a bribery scheme. Now, that's not to say there was no bribery scheme going on, but that story specifically was wrong. It was Russian intelligence. So this guy's been arrested. Then he was rearrested for lying to Congress again. And he's in big trouble. However, that does not change anything else. And Jesse Waters is much better at this than I am. That's why he makes about $9 million a year, and I don't. (laughs) Let him explain it. Now, this time, instead of making up hoaxes to get Trump impeached, they're making them up to stop Biden from getting impeached. And are now claiming that this single FBI informant was the entire foundation of the Biden family corruption scandal. The allegations seem to be the only evidence we have. What they're calling a prong of the investigation looks to be the entire foundation. And that entire foundation now may may have been chopped away. Entire foundation? Only evidence we have? The Biden bribery scandal's four and a half years old. And its foundation was based upon eyewitness testimony like Tody Bubulinski. Hard evidence like bank records, laptops, photos of meetings, voicemails, visitor logs from the White House, emails, texts, checks, hours of depositions, and at least two missing diamonds. We didn't find out about this FBI informant until just last summer when Comer's investigation was well underway. The informant's allegations were very similar to allegations made by Tony Bobulinski, a decorated naval officer who the FBI coincidentally has never followed up with. The informant even used the phrase, the big guy, before the laptop even went public. I guess the sources were pretty good. Yeah, now they're blankety, uh, blanket. They're making blanket statements like, the laptop's fake, they're all fake, everything's fake just because of this guy. So where's yeah. the, the Not part so f- about the lie? It's just the $5 million part? Because we know he worked for Burisma, and they paid him to do something that he didn't have the skill to do somehow. No, but but the $5 million thing specifically was uh, the lie that he told. So the, it's, it's like those fact checks are like, no, this story's false. It was actually $4 million. Yeah, so uh, right. the investigation goes on, and of course in the media you'll hear that for the next week that it's not true, blah, blah, blah. All right, and uh, finally, how do you, well, I got one more before finally. How do you get 12 DUIs and still be out there driving? That's a great question. 12? Yeah, it happened in Pennsylvania yesterday. Did uh, they revoke he, your license after like two to five? He hasn't had a license in seven years. But he still drives. Yeah. Great. Uh, anything. You think that one DUI would be enough to encourage the vast majority of people to not get another DUI? This guy has had 12 of them. Studies show uh, that uh, 
most DUI offenders are going to be repeat DUI offenders. It's a thing. It's just something they can't help, I guess. At what point do you start locking people up and keeping them there and not saying, okay, well, just don't do the thing. Have a good day. That's the problem. Falsum's Mark Perota is 60 years old and likely among Pennsylvania's biggest DUI offenders. According to the Delco DA's office, Perota now has 12 DUI convictions and got another one Tuesday. Pleaded guilty to it because he was driving drunk and they caught him. Um, this is not any ordinary DUI case. According to prosecutors, Perota loudly accosted the woman he didn't know at a gas station in Prospect Park, then followed her as she drove away. While she was on the phone with 911, she drove into the driveway of a Prospect Park police department. Perota actually followed her into the parking lot of the police department, got out of the car yelling at her. All the cops were outside that smoking a cigarette or whatever, and he was arrested for his next DUI. Easy. That's like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, he did everything but put the handcuffs on and book himself. Yeah, he still has to serve any time. Are, are you serious? He has been kept, you know, overnight. He served a few weeks while waiting for some, some time, but no, he hasn't served any real time yeah, yet. what time do you shackle him to his kitchen table and say you're not going anywhere? Well, they want to put a thing on his car like you always talk about that uh, he has his car in his drive. He bought a new car. You got to breathalyze, breathalyze it or it, drive? But now they want to take that away and just take the keys away and move the car. And his family's dealing with that right now, so. But he's, no, you're on the road, right? Was I? You were. How much you have to drink tonight? Uh, a couple. A couple? Uh, I think it's a little more than a couple. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Well, where are you headed? I'm just going home. Going home? Well, where are you coming from? My house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, Finally, Commander the Dog, we have been lied to even about the dog. See, you, you know, you they're going to lie to you about the dog. What? You know they're lying to you about the big stuff. Yeah, Here's the thing, the, though. I mean, dogs are a good judge of character. Maybe the dog just didn't like anybody in the White House. Well, anyway, six, uh, originally we thought six, six, six Secret Service employees, you say that fast, uh, were bitten by Commander Biden's dog. Well, last, last I heard it was 12. Well, we were lied to. Well, yeah, originally it was six, but actually it was eight. And then when they said 12, it was actually 24. And, but this last one that he bit, you see how bad he bit him? Yeah, he bit him bad. Eight of these 24 bites sent the Secret Service agent to the hospital. He had to get like a bunch of stitches in his arm. It was pretty bad. Commander's propensity for biting Secret Service members was first revealed in the Post in July of 2023 with internal documents showing at least seven agents were injured. But now it's 24 agents bitten, eight injured, and now the dog is finally out of the White House. How many times has that dog bitten the bite? I would refer uh, refer you to the Secret Service and also the First Lady's office. Oh, did you think I'm here to answer questions? Oh, silly you. You stupid, you stupid reporter guy, Mr. Douchey. <laughs> America needs a leader who'll guard our nation against all threats. And that leader's name is Biden. No, not Joe. America needs Commander Biden. Commander Biden is the German shepherd who will shepherd this country through these tumultuous times. Commander Biden will take a bite out of inflation. Commander Biden will secure our border by marking our territory. Commander Biden is a good boy who won't hump Vladimir Putin's leg. And unlike other candidates, he won't tear this country apart like the arm of the sofa. And all Commander Biden asks in return are treats and belly rubs. This November, cast your ballot for the candidate dedicated to the dogged pursuit of freedom, justice, and the occasional car. 
Commander Biden. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. That's a filthy habit. Stream it now. 1059sunnyfm.com. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. It's not stupid, never boring. Jill Bumbo's true crime stories. Uh, here's a little crazy for your coffee. Ready for this? This guy's name is, where is it at? Aaron Ramadi. He is uh, a rabbi. He took a plea deal that is only going to get him, let's see, nine months of community service and about $34,000 that he has to pay in damages. What did he do? Um, he stole a bicycle? Not exactly. Um, 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 robbed a, a store. No, a little worse than that. Uh, was was the trafficking um, um, close? Keep going. I, I don't know. Uh, Yamakas? Uh, no. <laughs> oh my God, Richard. <laughs> Richard. No, uh, he was enslaving about thirty women in his house. Oh. How much for the little girl? The women? How much for the women? I I want to buy your women, the little girl, your daughters. So Sell he, them to me. So he would gather women. <laughs> uh, I think this started back in two thousand. Eight. Whoa. So he would present himself, this is a cult, so he would present himself as an enlightened religious leader who knew the true path to salvation. Follow uh, me, I'll show you the way. Nobody's That's how ever, Rick got me to do this job. Exactly. Nobody's ever done that before. Started with a couple of women, and then it bloomed into 30 women on average. Sometimes it was 50 people if those women had children. Oh and so God. they were just, you got to see the conditions of this place, first of all. Oh, I saw it. It's awful. Dump. Yeah. Mattresses laying everywhere. It's dirty. He actually bought the house next door because he had so many women living with him. Now you think, well, this women, they're having a choice and, you know, they can go there and they had to have been really insecure. But here's the thing he would do. He was in charge of all of their decisions. They couldn't do anything without running it by him. And to control the women, he would frighten them by saying, if you disobey me, you are going to face horrific harm at the hands of other worldly force- forces if you disobey me. I have he- to stay here. The demons will get me. What are the worldly forces? What is he talking about? Well, they're they're extremely religious, so he probably was like, bad things are going to happen to you if you veer off from my, you know, true path to salvation. Uh, bad juju, yeah. So what you do when you want to control somebody is you isolate them from everything else, right? So they were isolated from their families, and then he'd pit them against each other, tell on each yeah. other if somebody's... That's how he got them to police each other. Cla- classic Marxism. Because yeah. his eyeballs couldn't be everywhere, so he got them to do it for him. Wow. Got his own little commie cult. One of the punishments in the house was he would force women to burn their fingers in a fire to simulate what hell would be like. See, gotcha. at that point, I'm just going to leave. You know, I just. And then he'd make them eat hot peppers as well. Um, people said when you, they brought his name up, they were like, oh, yeah, there's always been rumors that he has something like that. But I guess nobody could ever prove it. So here's where here's why he got such a light sentence, not only because he took a plea deal, but. Some of these women were so scared to testify against him. Some of them actually testified in his defense. Whoa, and that's then, some serious Stockholm syndrome. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And then they would go to these other women going, hey, if you testify against him, we can get him thrown away for a long time. They were too scared to actually face him in the courtroom. So nobody came forward. And the ones that came forward were like, yeah, I don't want to look at him. I don't want to go to court. I don't want to do any of that. So he got out with zero jail time, community service, and he just had to pay about $34,000 in damages to oh, some of the victims. And he's working at a day care, right? (laughs) Tune in again for more bad people doing crime things with Jill Bucko. Wow. Now, how would you feel if you went to go run some errands and you went into a store 
there's a table in front of the, the doors when you walk in and they go, uh, oh, Rick Stacy, yes, you're here to gather some items. Okay, uh, an employee will be right with you. You're like, well, I just want to kind of walk around. No, 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 no. There is no walking around. You will have an employee escort, one person allowed in the store at a time to do their shopping, and then you're escorted out. Yeah, no. That's what it's come down to in San Francisco for Fredrickson's Hardware and Paint. Uh, he's in a certain neighborhood. There's a sign up that says, attention shoppers, due to the rampant shoplifting, we have introduced a one-on-one shopping experience. Wait, here <laughs> one-on-one in a clerk- shopping experience? That's how they sell it? I guess that's what they're trying to do is make it seem like a personal shopper. Or yeah, like it's a lot of fun to hang out. <laughs> no, sorry, thank you. Sorry you, for the inconvenience. What are you looking at, Rick? You can't steal that. You think you can steal it? Go ahead, try. I'm standing right here. But the the rules are weird. It's not all day. It's two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. So are you just not open the rest of the day? I, I had to read more and I couldn't find the answer to that. That's strange, yeah. I guess those are the heights of the... Um, but maybe when they're people come in to try to rob them the most? the most. I don't know. So right they're here? just following you going... Why are you picking that toothpaste? What are you doing with that? Sounds like a great time. I can't wait. I can't wait. My secondary question for that would be, when you see these videos of large groups of people going into stores and mayhem ensues and they're stealing 8,000 purses and things like that and emptying the shelves Mm -hmm. and cabinets and whatnot, the employees are standing around. The security guards are standing around. Nobody's doing anything. So what's the one-on-one employee thing going to do? The person could just knock you over, take the stuff, and run out. What are you I doing? I don't know. Well, are you armed? Like a, a jewelry store thing where like you come in, they lock the door mm-hmm. so you can't get out, and now I'm going to stand here while you shop, and then as soon as you're done and you've paid, then I'll let you out. Whatever, man. I, you know, I'm telling you, I have a prediction because all these people that are- they live in California, moving here, and all those New Yorkers are moving here. Mm-mm. Get ready, because you're going to be escorted around CVS here pretty soon. Hurry up and buy. Hurry up and buy. <laughs> Speaking of New York, there's a new restaurant that opened there. Yeah. You're starting to... Your wife's a chef. Yep. She's not one of those pompous chefs. I cook it, you cook it the way I eat it, and you make no alterations. I went to a restaurant like that once. I threw a fit. It was insane. These chefs that think I know everything and you're going to eat it the way I tell you to eat it. Right. And you're like, well, I'm paying for it. So if I don't want it raw or rare or I don't want it well done or I don't want it, I should be able to eat it the way I want to right. eat it. No, I made, I created the menu a certain way and you're going to eat it the way I tell you to eat it. So here's a chef kind of like that. She has a rule. Actually, there's 10 rules. Before you come to her restaurant that you have to agree to follow all of these rules. If not, you're getting kicked out. Gotcha. Here are things that will get you canceled in this restaurant. Uh, if you don't call or you don't show up for your reservation and like call ahead and say, sorry, we're not going to make it tonight. You can cancel my reservation. Uh, there will be no taking photos inside the restaurant. In fact, they're enforcing it because you might think, well, how are you going to do that? They hand you a sticker when you walk in the front door, a small, tiny, circular sticker that you... I'm not going to even use the words you have to. You're going to choose to because you're walking in there. Uh, put it over your camera part on your phone. Put the sticker over your camera part. You don't want people photographing the roaches. So I'm going to put gooey gooey glue stuff on a sticker on my expensive phone. Right. Okay, yeah. Just to eat at your place, good luck. Right. And so you can't take pictures not only of the food or of the restaurant, you can't take any selfies. Um, Stealing or vandalizing the restaurant, that makes total sense. I get that one. Touching memorabilia, okay. Here's the one that's funny. Thinking about touching the memorabilia. Mm, I heard your thoughts from across the room. Get out. <laughs> Lying about it being your birthday. <laughs> you don't have to arrest everybody. Canceling your reservation more than thrice. Um, becoming dangerously intoxicated, which you probably yeah. don't want to do anyway. Uh, requesting a free meal. 
or kissing the chef without her consent. Although, if you pay $1,000, it's listed on the menu, kissing the chef. You pay 1000 bucks and you can kiss her on the cheek. Well, that's Why? prostitution. Why, why Why? would you do that? I don't know why anyone... the stuff she goes through makes you, you know, the hoops you got to jump through to eat there. I want to smooch you for extra money? Now, you know there's going to be people that'll go, I think this is wonderful. No cameras. No, I get to walk in and eat. It's going to be an experience. It's going to be wonderful. Like I said, mm-hmm. they just don't want you taking pictures of the rats and the roaches. No hoodlums and no youths. Uh, and finally, I had quite the fun time last night. Yeah, this is kind of uh, incongruous with your personality, but okay. This is, yeah, this is not like me No. at all. Mm-mm. But it's good every so often to do something that's outside of who you are, don't to you To go think? somewhere where you can't twerk. Did yeah. you finally go to wing night, Jill? Uh, no. Um, I went to a book club at oh. the library, which I don't do because I don't generally read novels. Not really my thing. And, and you don't go to the library very much, do you? Um, this this library is actually the library I go to when I vote. So I've been there multiple times, oh, but not vote. to check out books. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there multiple times, just not to check out books. Um, my mom loves to read, and she loves to read I, mysteries. And so her and her friend decided to sign up for this book club. Well, her friend had to back out last minute, and I didn't want her to go by herself. So I said, I'll go with you and, uh, and keep you company, you know, just observe in the book club. And I had no idea what to expect. I've seen movies about book clubs and mm-hmm. usually you sit around you all read the same book and then you discuss well, the Golden book. Girls, yeah. So this isn't what that was. This was a, you, you get a list of books and anyone can pick any book they want and then you go around the room and everyone just talks about their book and what it was about and if people, someone, someone might go, oh that sounds interesting, I think I would like that one. These are avid readers, people that read a lot and my mother reads a lot. Um, but she only likes mysteries so this was like a mystery book club so she was like, okay maybe I like that one. So we go there. It was a lot smaller than I expected. I, I thought there was going to be 20, 30 people Damn. kind of thing. There was about nine of us. Yeah. Um, and I actually really enjoyed myself. Did I didn't, you really? I didn't have a book to chime in on. Oh, I broke the rules as soon as I got there. I got in trouble. What I happened? Did, I didn't know the rules of book club. So apparently when you go in and you're discussing, imagine if you go in and you're sitting down and discussing movies. And you're not going to give away the ending in case somebody wants to watch the movie. So I wasn't making the correlation that, you know, if the point is to share a book you read and someone might go, oh, I'm interested in that. You don't want to give away the ending, especially right. with mysteries right. and who done it. You don't have to say who did it. I didn't know that. So I'm like, oh, well, who did that? And my mom's like, shh. I'm like, what? And they all start giggling. I said, I don't know the rules of book clubs. Like Fight Club, you have to tell me. Tell me the rules so I don't and like, get kicked Fight out. Fight Club? What's that? No, a couple of them laughed. They knew what I was talking about. Um, so I think that... It was nice to step out of my comfort zone and go do something that I've never done before. And I actually committed to next month. I said, I'm going to look at the list. I'm going to read a book. and I'm You're going to read a book? I'm going to go back next month and I'm going to actually participate in that book club. Yeah, but they don't have better homes and gardens for you to do. <laughs> They'll have something that suits me, I'm sure. But I think that what's going to wind up happening... Mm. Because my favorite part of the whole night last night was going to dinner and drinking wine before the actual oh, book club. Right. So I think what I'm going to wind up doing after this is possibly forming my own book club. No. Hello, and welcome to Jill's Book Club. I love to read. In fact, I just read something amazing on the way over. It was a sign that said, total wine and spirits. And below that, it said, open. Don't mind if I do. Okay, so the book you old hags made me read was A Tale of Two Cities by, I I don't know, Charles Shakespeare or some dead guy. (laughs) Okay, so the book starts out, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. 
Uh, yeah, so make up your mind, Shakespeare. And so, like, yeah, that's as far as I got. I'd recommend only reading up to the best of times part, because, like, who doesn't love a happy ending? Anyway, I never got to the part about the tale of the two cities, but my guess is it's about Tampa St. Pete. <laughs> okay, so that closes the chapter on Jill's Book Club. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going back to my favorite bookstore, Total Wine and Spirits, to read their newest selection called Barefoot Pinot Grigio, buy one, get one, free sale. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Are you the stupidest person alive? Stupid News with Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. All right, so this is uh, this is a problem getting people back to work now after COVID. You know, they don't want to go back in the office. Look at our place. It's empty here still. Still empty. Anybody yeah. out there? I know. It's so crazy. So uh, other companies want to lure you back in the office so they can have total control of your life for at least eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. Don't know what the infatuation is with that, but it is. Micromanage. So now the CEO, Laura Hines Pierce of the Hines Corporation, has decided to... Spray a scent into the HVAC system that is, of course, fills the entire workspace with an aroma of her choosing. She has uh, selected an aroma that invokes a sense of belonging in any Heinz space. What is it, perfume or something? It's a, yeah, it's an odor. It's a... Smells like I should be chained to my desk. Exactly. Uh, She says that this will incent... Of eyes, workers like the ones that don't want to show up to come into work. Ah, oh, boy. She, uh, according to the CEO of Scent Marketing, uh, companies like Heinz have the new goal of creating custom smells that will help to produce an inspiring feeling of creativity and collaboration in the workspace. You know, these people, I got to say, these people are under the delusion that people want to sit with other people for eight hours in a gray cubicle in a nondescript building with very little windows. That that's something that we aspire to. I hate this place. (laughs) I can't stand it any longer. It's the smell. (laughs) It's true. All right. So uh, let's see. You know when Karen's demand to talk to the manager, but they're still behaving in a way you won't want to give them any sympathy? Well, this is the stupid criminal version of that. A 42-year-old man in Canada was arrested on Tuesday when someone called the police to say that he was causing a disturbance in a restaurant. He was intoxicated and refused to leave, so cops wrote him up. And then they drove him home, but the man was still fuming. So what did he do? Shortly after that, he drove himself back to the police station and demanded to talk to the supervisor to complain about his previous arrest. (laughs) Well. So what? They arrested him again. Of course they did. What did he think was going to happen? On a DUI. Because I've been drinking. Right. Okay. Woman here in Florida was dropping her kids off at daycare. Um, the over and under on the number of German shepherds uh, on this story, you can uh, say about 1.5. Here's what happened. She was in St. Petersburg, Florida. Her name is Kika. She was dropping off her kids. Left, I guess left the windows down. 
and she left the driver's side door open. Well, she turned around after she dropped her kid off, and two German Shepherds were sitting in the front seat and another one in the back seat. Where'd you guys come from? And they refused to get out. We're coming home with you. Now, Kiki apparently has never had a pet or a dog or anything, because she freaked out. She, She's a freaked out over, okay. over dogs. Well, German Shepherds can be scary, depending on how they're behaving. I know, but okay. <laughs> Well, they're just sitting there, right? They're just sitting there. They're not growling and right. threatening anybody, not doing anything. As a matter of fact, the cop, when they arrived, they said the dogs were just wagging their tails when they saw the police officer. But, but they refused to get out of the car. I'm thinking it resembled their owner's car. Maybe. But that didn't even enter into the story. Anyway, cop showed up, tried to get the dogs, coax them out. They wouldn't budge. They wouldn't do anything. The more they would talk them out, the more they would lie down and look at the cop and do the tilt of the head. So eventually the cop came up with the great idea of getting fish sticks from next door. They got the fish sticks. Two of the dogs immediately jumped out. Third dog took a little coaxing, but eventually one of the cops leading him slowly out the back seat. He got out and ate the fish sticks. He's like, guys, stay in the car. It's worth more than the fish sticks. They took the dogs to a veterinarian, which identified the tags and took them right back to the owner. Now does the owner get charged with... I was going to say, was the owner like, oh, there they are. Yeah, they just escaped. But uh, they apparently saw a car, and I'm telling you, I bet you anything. They didn't look into it, but I bet you it looked just, my dog knows my car. Mm -hmm. It's the weirdest thing. That's awesome. He sees my car. I don't have to be in it. Mm -hmm. And he goes right to it, like, let me in, let me in, let me in. love car rides. Yep. And finally, the big story this week, researchers at Israel's Barlan University have grown laboratory testicles they hope will eventually ease male infertility, which affects 10 to 15% of Americans. So they're, okay. I heard that right, right? They're growing... They're They're growing tiny artificial organs produced from cells extracted from mouse testes. Tiny? How rude. They resemble the structure and functionality of natural mouse testicles. The researchers, led by Dr. Nitsen Gonad, are aiming to develop human-like testicles from human stem cells to treat developmental sex disorders and infertility. Loose skin and old balls. Gross. Stop it. (laughs) I snorted. <laughs> well, so I mean, it's, uh, you can get your own cojones grow kit. I think they're available now. Honey, hurry up. We're going to miss our dinner reservation. But I can't find my cojones. Where was the last place you saw them? Um, on me. Tired of losing your cojones? Well, now you can grow your own with the at-home cojones growing kit. It comes with everything you need to grow replacement cojones in no time flat. I was really getting tired of losing my cojones. It was so embarrassing. It happened like every couple days. So enough was enough. I started growing my own cojones. Now I just attach the cojones I grow whenever I lose my cojones. It's so convenient and I love how great... Oh, honey, I lost my cojones again. Are they in the couch cushions? <laughs> no, but the remote is there. Time to grow my own cojones again. You've got that right. The at-home cojones growing kit. Grow your own cojones today. Hey, follow Rick Stacy in the morning with Jill and Smokestack on Instagram. Follow me. Yeah. This stitch is about to get lit. At the Rick Stacy Morning Show. Top five, top five all time. Now it's the Friday Top Five on the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Oh! All right, live from Maitland, Florida, it's time for the Friday Top 5, starring Rick Stacy. Hey, man. Jill Bucko. Hey, thanks for having me. And Smokin' Stackin'. Hey. Papa's got a brand new bag. It's a man's world. <laughs> yep, it's, uh, we'll go around the uh, table here with our top five, and then we'll get your top five on the phone at 407-919-1059. The topic, Jill? 
uh, because of the outage yesterday with AT&T and Verizon and T-Mobile. Any songs uh, having to do with calling, calls, phone-related, anything like that? Five big ones to number one as the countdown rolls on. Thank you, Casey. All right, here we go. Jill's number five song about calling, phone calling, phones, and things. I was in bed when this came out. What is this? Wake Up Call by Maroon 5. Oh, it is Maroon 5. Yeah, it sounds like Maroon 5, no? Yeah. You didn't? I, I, know, I know Payphone by Maroon 5. But well, that, Payphone is a newer one. This was uh, an older one. They love phone songs. They love telephone songs. I didn't know apparently. that. <laughs> All right. That's Jill's number five song. Now we go to my number five song. Here it is. I knew you were going to have all of the uh... bouncy ones. Call me. Ow! Who's that? Who is this? A Sky. Call me. Oh. What do they call this kind of music? Uh, 80s funk. Well, it's not the word I'm thinking of. Here's Smoke's number five song. Song. Spider Webs by No Doubt. Oh, okay. I had this one too. Song, but what does it have to do with phones? Sorry, I'm not home right now. Leave a message and I'll yeah. call you back. She's got to screen her phone calls because dude won't stop calling her. Mm-hmm. Right, right, pervert. All right, yeah. here we go. Doug is on line three. Doug on line three. Doug, what do you got for us? Phone calls, operators, whatever. Okay, well, operator by Jim Croce. Oh. I think I had this too. Operator, oh, could you help me place this call? See the number on the matchbook is old and faded. Do you have the blue she thinks? Living in LA with my best old ex friend Ray. Gosh, she said she knew well and sometimes hated. Well, I'm 
Dan, thank you very much. Thanks, Doug. Have a good uh, weekend. Jim Croce, an operator. Jim Croce. Yeah, coming in at number five. Did he ever shave that mustache, ever? I don't know. Look like that. He, he had it before Geraldo did, where it just looks like a brush. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the top of the uh, lists here to Jill's number four song. Songs about phones, phone calling because of the outage yesterday. Uh, so repeat. Ah, you wow. You three. both went the same way. Okay, here's your substitute number four. Long-distance charges for that. <laughs> My daughter just paid like fifteen hundred dollars to hear her whine. Oh, to go see Adele. Fifteen hundred dollars. That's actually cheap. They're forty thousand to go see her in Vegas. Forty thousand to, to hear somebody dollars? whine about their old boyfriends. Yes. Uh, oh my gosh, here's, I think she good, but geez. Here's my number four song. Oh, nice. Bobby Brown singing. Is this new edition? Yeah. God. Forgot about this. Good choice. It was like this tall. Talk about hello from the other side. Yeah, little kid. Wow. She said, hello, may I help you please? I told her something must be wrong with my phone. Yeah, this is before Cool It Now. It was before puberty. <laughs> yeah, right before. Mr. There's something wrong with my line. All right. Oh, uh, here's Smoke's number four song right now is... Oops. Okay, I'm And doing... go. <laughs> and go now. Number four, is that what we're up to? Yeah. yeah. All right, number four. Here we go. Okay. I'm trapped when I was little. My mom would make me go shopping with her to stores I didn't want to go to. What store is this? It's like, like Joanne's Fabric. Oh, and sit around Steely and Dan at Joanne's Fabrics? I was sort of hanging out there. Yeah. Pottery Barn. All right, what do we got on the phones? Uh, we've got Jack on line four. All right, Jack on line four. Jack, what do you got for us today? Songs having to do with phones, outages, that kind of thing. Hey, good morning. I was going to go with Telephone Line by Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, that was one of mine. Yeah, I think I had it, too. Oh, this intro's like an hour long. Can you just no, it's cue not. it up? It's yes, nice. it is. He's on the phone, Rick. <sighs> Mine's better. I have it right up to the beginning of where it's singing about the, you know. Clean the microwave. I'll be right back. <laughs> Somebody needs to. That thing's filthy. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's play the right. dance call version. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I know because I queued it up right to the hook of the song. Here it is. See, much better. Give me some time. I'm living in 
right. Thanks for your call, man. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. Bye. All right. <laughs> Good touch with the horn there. I like that. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to Jill's list. This is the number three song on her list about phones and phones and calling, calling and phones and stuff like that. Nice. I think I picked Sade all the time, so I left it out, but... Oh, good one. This is still one of the best songs. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. White Whole line album. sitting outside. Quit acting like you drink white wine. We all know it's a cosmopolitan or an espresso martini. With my pinky up. <laughs> So how's your portfolio today? I'm surprised you let the guitar solo go. Right into the saxophone. All right, here's my number three song on phone. Wednesday at three, I called the phone company. Baby, put a phone in for me. Thursday at four, he came and knocking at my door, singing. Hey baby, I'm your telephone name. You Were you high last night? Wanted, I feel like you might have been. I can. I can put it in the bedroom. I can put it in the hall. I, I can, can put, put it, it in the bathroom. I can hang it on the wall. She said. What the hell is this? <laughs> it's snapping. You can dance to it. No, I want to go clean the microwave. man. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing all the sexual innuendo. I already said that's what she said twice. Well, that's what it's all about. It's a little, you know, double entendre with telephone technology. I caught on. That's what she said. Thank you. All right, we're up to smokes number three. Here it is. One of these days. That was Smokes number three. Now we go back to the phones. Carrie is on line two. Carrie, what do you got for us? Uh, because the line three. Oh, line three? Uh-oh. Line two? Uh, all songs due to the outage yesterday. Phones, calling mm-hmm. somebody, you know, that kind of thing. What do you got? How about Call Me by Blondie? Okay. I almost did that. I knew somebody was going to pick yeah. that. Yeah, great one, though. We 
have no comment. We've heard the song six million times. We're like, whatever, God. I still like it, though. I'm air guitaring over here a little bit. I gotcha. How is Debbie nowadays? I don't know. I feel like Debbie's living life in a castle with her cats. Oh, wait, that's Oh, she still look real good. I know. Okay, I mean, she keep back then, but geez. Give her a call. I may indeed. (laughs) All right, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend, okay? Thank you. You guys, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, now we go back to Jill's list, and this is her number two song. Damn. Okay, we'll go to your alternate number two song. Here it is. Such a strange situation. Stop, I never had a I know you won't know this song. You might Uh, know it. It was a number two hit, but... What is it? Where? In the bayou? Yeah. It's Garth Brooks. Hey, down in Biffalo. (laughs) It's the Biffalo Top Five. Except to see not do a race by sweet red wine. And I see a truck stop sign ahead, so I change. What is this song about? I had to have one truck stop singer in there. It's called Colin Baton Rouge. Colin what? Colin Baton Rouge. Why are you calling Baton Rouge? Well, maybe he's got friends there. There's nothing there. Operator put me through. I gotta send my love. You don't like this? You do? Listen to this. You know I'm a closet country fan. I, I didn't realize how far into the closet you were, but I am. <laughs> oh my god. Woo! I figured yeah. if you can have, you know, orange juice box Jones and yeah. popcorn letters, I could have Garth Brooks. Spinning it to fire. <laughs> Spinning it to fire, barking at the moon, <laughs> sipping some RC Cola. Okay. Call him Bam Rouge. We go to my list, and this is my number two song on phone. Ah! <sighs> We've been working together too long. We all yeah. think alike. All right. Here's Jules my, again. Here's my number two. <laughs> Oh, I almost grabbed this. I should have stole this. Is this like a freestyle song? Is that what this type of music is called? Nah, it's Midnight Star. I feel like I'm roller skating. It is. It's a roller skating song. Yeah, Rick just picked all the songs that uh, were hot when he had a jerry curl. That's right. Well, this is what he would DJ when he would DJ in clubs. That's what I would. You're right. He's popping and locking behind the ones and twos. Wearing his Wranglers really tight. (laughs) Don't forget to tip your bartenders. Here at the ABC Liquor Lounge, just two for one tonight. If you're on the spinning bar, you get a free tequila sunrise. Now I spilled vodka on my frilly cravat. God, this brings back memories. Right? Holding on to the belt loops of the person in front of you. Back when Rick was still in his 50s. (laughs) All right. Number two song here. (laughs) Poor jackasses. What is this? Oh, hello, it's me. Yeah, it's Todd Rundgren. Yeah. Uh I get yelled at for putting Garth Brooks, which is at least upbeat, and I got to listen to the Lamp Store soundtrack 2004. Great. Awesome. The Lamp Store. Well, I'm sorry it's not the, you know, now that's what I call Bayou music, but... Yeah, anything before 85 and Jill's not having it. (laughs) I'll go down to 79. She can't choreograph a routine to it. It's like, what's the point? Uh, The worst. (laughs) Don't hold back. This doesn't match her cowboy boots at all. I feel like I'm trapped in a conversation I don't want to be in. (laughs) Now, that's what happens when you go to work, Jill. (laughs) 
You ever be at a party and someone's talking to you and you're like, ugh, I can't get away. That's how I feel right now. Jill, for Todd Rundgren. <sighs> God, he, his name is even boring. Oh, whoops, I forgot to get somebody on the phone. Hang That's on. That's okay. Todd Rundgren boring. <laughs> Should I play some of my extras? What are you doing? Well, we can go. You want to go one more time around? We'll uh, just do our number ones and then go to somebody? Sure. All right. All right. Let's go to, uh, this is uh, yours. This is your number one song. Here we go. Hit it. Hit it. Okay. I can't believe you've waited this long to get it. Nah, somebody uh, texted me they wanted to hear it. I think I'm going to try to call it and see what happens. I remember when the song was out, I was working in Atlanta, and DJ, someone I know very well, who is yeah. now here, okay. went on the air and told everybody, hey man, why don't you call the number? And this insurance company had the number. Oh no. Yeah, they had to change their number the very next day. Wow. Just inundated. Let's see who it belongs to here. Tommy Two-Tone, and now here is Rick's number one song on the playlist. Here we go. Joe, you shouldn't know this. Is this the... I don't know who sings this. The Silvers. They had like six people in their group, right? Like 12. Okay. I'm calling on the They also did Boogie Fever. Okay. Okay, whatever. I like it, though. At least it's upbeat. Doesn't make me want to crawl in a hole somewhere. All right, that's uh, Hotline by the Silvers. And now we go to Smokestack's number one song on his playlist about phones. A long distance, directly assistance, every quote two on two. Say, hey, AMR, this is Mr. Rhythm and Blue. I know this song. You do. He said hello. He's probably the only one that knows it, but don't tell me. Say the least, the cat was cold, he said. We'll call you Sugarloaf? Yes. Yeah, Sugarloaf. Okay. I get yelled at for Garth when you're playing Sugarloaf. Technically, Sugarloaf came first. If you listen real close, uh, Katy Perry's in the background. You can hear her. (laughs) Mr. Classic Rock Smokestack. 105.9 Classic Rock. This side. Let's go to the phones and see if we can get uh, one more out of them. God, Courtney's on line one. I kept my extras there because I thought everyone was going to pick them and nobody uh, same, picked them. Same, same. All right, Courtney, what do you got? Hi, Rick. You're going to hate me because I keep on calling in the Lady Gaga song, but <laughs> Lady Gaga with telephone. Okay. I almost put this on here. My husband recommended it. I'm like, they're not going to know what it is. I thought you would. They're not going to know what it is. Smokestack's like 20 years younger than you. I know, but I, I didn't but know don't, you would know listen this. To, no, I've heard this none. This song's awesome. You, you haven't heard this song? No. It's a good song. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, I've heard this. That's right. My toilet phone. Yeah, this is a ringtone I have when you call, Rick. See how happy it is? See how upbeat and happy it is for a Friday? Put on the Todd Rundgren. (laughs) Oh, is Beyonce coming up? No, no, she's not. That's a good part. Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. All right, let's go to the extras here. Then we got, we'll go to uh, Jill's list first. You have one extra. I know. Okay, let's see what it is here. See if you played it already or not. No, nobody's requested it. Nobody's requested this one? Okay. Oh, it's good. Harley Ray Jepsen. She hit on me in the coffee room and I had no idea. Rick texts us and he's like, have you ever heard of Call Me Maybe? I'm like, have you not? Yeah, I haven't. And then my wife was like, oh, you got to play that song. It's nice having kids around. <laughs> it's so good. Well, I didn't know who she was at the time, so she's not like, hey, how are you guys? Where's the bathroom? She's I'm a like, cutie oh. pie. Here's, I thought she worked at accounting. I had no idea. <laughs> Here's my only extra. Here it is. Ring my bell. Oh. Stupid for not picking this. Me neither. You know what else I feel dumb for not picking? Somebody just messaged me. Huh. Ghostbusters. Who are you gonna call? Oh. Oh, that's a good point. All right, let's go to Jill. She has about thirty-seven that extras. Was mine. That was yours. Did you're going to smokes now, right? No, smoke. That's what I meant. Yeah. Smoke. He's got about. Uh, no, that was a repeat. <laughs> I'm leaving. Operator. Okay, here's his other extra. What is this? Please be something upbeat. I doubt it. No, no that's that was telephone extra. from ELO. All right, let's go to the other end. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Poison. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, you've redeemed yourself from Todd Rundgren. To me. Now, I, I. What? I do have one more that's not on the list there. Okay. All right. Do you want to play it? Are you guys ready? All right, go. Hey, sorry, missed your call. <laughs> um, I was calling you back to uh, let you know that I, I love you and I miss you. It's <sighs> cordial. Call me back. <sighs> and I'm sorry I missed your phone call and that I I I know you're done. So so when you get this, can you call me back? <sighs> Talk dirty to me. <sighs> Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Sunny F. Having fun with the world gone crazy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 